Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. The following is a presentation of MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR 2000. The NASCAR Winston Cup Series is in South Florida today at the Homestead Miami Speedway. Today's race, the second to last one on the 2000 schedule. And the biggest issue of the day, the NASCAR Winston Cup Championship. Bobby Labonte can clinch it with a fifth place or higher finish. Dale Earnhardt is in second. He could win it. But Dale admits the chances aren't good. It's very slim, slim chance. You know, Bobby have to have some terrible luck. As far as pressure, Dale says whatever pressure there is, is on Bobby. I don't think it's that much pressure right at this point. I think it's just the pressure of making sure he don't make a mistake. And, uh, uh, you know, I'd I'd like to see him get it over with. You know, if it's going to happen, get get it over with here. Two men vie for the title, while 41 others hope to better their points position and try for a win. From the Homestead Miami Speedway in South Florida, MRN Radio brings you the Pennzoil 400. Next... M-R-N Radio presents NASCAR Today. The state of Florida has been the center of attention this past week as Americans have been watching closely to see who will be the nation's new leader. This weekend, all eyes are also on Florida, where the 2000 NASCAR Winston Cup champion is likely to be crowned. Hi, everybody. I'm Joe Moore, along with Barney Hall, to bring you live coverage of the second-to-last race of the 2000 season, the Pennzoil 400. And, Barney, although a lot of fans would like to see the championship battle come down to the final race of the year next week at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, I really don't think many will be disappointed if Bobby Bobby does pull it off here today. No, I don't think they would, and I don't think they would be surprised if Bobby can clinch the championship here this afternoon. The, the, that certainly has to be on that team's mind. All they need to do is go out there and do what they've been doing all year, just come up with some kind of a decent finish, and basically the championship is pretty much in their pocket. Now, Earnhardt's hopes are still alive. Don't think he's given up in this thing. And uh, the way Winston Cup racing goes sometimes, anything could yet happen. Stranger things have happened before. And on a racetrack like this, it could well turn out to be a strange situation because the Winston Cup Series has only run here once before last year. Of course, Tony Stewart, Bobby Labonte's teammate, won that race. But there aren't a lot of notes on what to do here and how to set up for this racetrack. So there will be a lot of learning as they drive here today. Yeah, they don't have a lot to fall back on as far as information, what kind of setup we need in the car. And what worked last time for some teams is not working this time at all. So it's going to be a lot of unknowns in this race. A hard racetrack to figure out. Another factor we'll be talking about as the day goes by, too, a lot of race teams that haven't won a race or even finished in the top ten looking to finish very strong in these final two races. They need to do that. The purse for today's Pennzoil 400, well over $3 million. Add to that a $40,000 bonus if Bobby Labonte wins the race. That's the Winston Cup leader bonus. Not to mention the fact that if Bobby wins or even finishes in the top five, as we told you, he'll also be the NASCAR Winston Cup champion. Could be a high-dollar day for Bobby Labonte. Before we go into today's race, the second-to-last one of the season, let's look back at last week's race at the Phoenix International Raceway. As we look back at last week's race. Well, Jeff Burton began the weekend in Phoenix looking like he wanted it all, and he got it. 
Burton won the Outback Steakhouse 200 NASCAR Bush Series race on Saturday, then came back on Sunday, dominated the Duraloop 500 Winston Cup race, and won that one too. Burton started on the outside front row and didn't waste any time taking the lead. He did it for the first time on the second lap. Later, after green flag pit stops, Burton showed us what he had as he began a relentless charge through the field. Burton's been just carrying that car as deep as anybody all afternoon into turn number three. Steve Park gets there, but every time he does, Jeff Burton cuts the advantage. Burton just slams it into the corner once he enters turn number three, chops down the distance between himself and second place Steve Park. Comes across the line, maybe two car lengths separate second and third positions. Late in the race, Ricky Rudd became the man to beat when he took control of the race and led for 41 laps. But Rudd's chances to break a 71-race winless streak came up short on the backstretch. Ricky Rudd has been collected. There's no question about it. He may have hit the car of Mike Bliss as Bliss spun. He made contact with Rick Mast, and Ricky Rudd's car now erupts into flame as he heads down towards pit lane. A final caution allowed everyone to stop, but Mark Martin decided to stay out and try to hold on for the final 16 laps. But he didn't stay there long. Jeff Burton was back in the picture. Jeff Burton has been strung on the outside of the racetrack all afternoon long. He'll make the pass stick. He goes by Mark Martin. Jeff Burton to the lead. Yesterday in the Bush Series, today in the Winston Cup Series. Behind him in second spot will be Jeremy Mayfield. Steve Park is third. Rusty Wallace fourth. And fifth is Bobby Labonte. It was indeed Jeff Burton's weekend this weekend in the Arizona desert as he takes over the top spot late in the race and comes home to score the win here in the Duralube 5. It was Jeff Burton's fourth Winston Cup win of the year, the 15th of his career. Bobby Labonte finished fifth and set himself up for an opportunity to clinch the Winston Cup title if he could manage a fifth-place finish or better here today at Homestead, Miami. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Down trackside, pre-race activity continues. Why don't we take a swing down there and meet some of the drivers who will be in the event here this afternoon. Steve Park got his second bud pole of the season here on Friday in qualifying with a record speed of 156.440 miles an hour. This pole run has him really pumped up about today's race. He's had a good year, one win and 12 top 10 finishes. And at this track last November, he finished 19th. What's Steve looking for today? Jim Phillips is with him. 156.440 miles per hour, the last car to go out. But it was the best for Steve Park. Let's go back to yesterday to happy hour. How do you feel like from your bud pole qualifying speed to happy hour yesterday that your chances are of scoring your second win this year? I'll tell you the truth, I really think our chances are good. We, we came down here and tested, and uh, we really thought our race package was really going um, to be a lot better than our qualifying package. So we kind of surprised ourselves putting a Pennzoil car in the front row. But we were in the top ten in practice. We knew if we could get a good clean lap out in qualifying um, and have all the ingredients we needed, we, we could sit on the front row. And that's what we did. So uh, it's pretty cool to be able to take the Pennzoil car and put it on the front row for the Pennzoil 400. But I really think our race package is... Uh, is going to also be good. So we, we're pretty excited about having the opportunity to come down here in South Miami and race, and uh, we appreciate MRN being down here. We, I think you were telling me this is the last race that they're going to do this year. So, uh, you know, you guys have been a great partner to NASCAR and to all us drivers, so we appreciate that. Seven top ten finishes, last 11 races. What has turned it around like it has for you? We've just been finishing better. 
<laughs> we actually just been racing real hard, and uh, you know this whole Penzol team has really just turned a corner since we won that race at Watkins Glen, and um, it's just not that the guys weren't motivated; it just put everybody in a, in, a, in another level. We just went from being competitors to being winners, and. Um, you know, the, the better we run, the more the whole team's pumped up. So the pit stops are getting better. The engine shop's doing a great job, and they're building great race cars. So adding that all up with, to, uh, with me getting a little bit more experience has been has been putting this Penzoil team in the top ten consistently week in and week out. So uh, we'd like to finish off um, that streak at Atlanta with, a, with a, another win before the year is out, and hopefully it'll come here this weekend in uh, Miami. Coming off a great finish at Phoenix, that's Steve Parker, our Bud Pole winner. Steve has a very hungry guy starting alongside him on the front row today. Ricky Rudd still clinging to hopes he can win a NASCAR Winston Cup race for Robert Yates Racing before this 2000 season slips away. Ricky came close, as we told you last week at Phoenix. Maybe today will be his day. Winston Kelly of Charlotte, North Carolina, with the driver of the Texaco Haviland Ford. Well, Joe, every indicator shows that he should have won a race already, and they've had a string of bad luck, but it may be over. He got beat by the 51st car out. He's driving his Phoenix car that had bad luck last weekend, and he was 41st here last year having some bad luck. So it looks like all the omens are behind you. Should be good luck today. How's the car, Ricky? Well, I hope I hope we're in good shape, Winston. Like I said, I, I just have to give our guys a big thanks back at the shop. Everybody worked hard to put, put this Texaco Havlin car back on the racetrack. It was pretty well wrecked pretty bad last week at Phoenix. But he worked hard, put it back together, and we nearly won the pole. At least we won the front row. Uh, race set up, uh, big question mark. We're probably not as good as I would like to be, but uh, made some changes overnight, and we think we went the right direction, and it's one of those deals we'll start the race and find out. Normally we like to start the race without making adjustments, but we weren't quite good enough, so they made a few adjustments, and we'll see. You said you've done that the last few weeks. Now, what were the handing characteristics yesterday that you didn't like that you hope to over- overcome today? Well, we had a big problem getting the front end of the car to turn when you drive down the corner. It wanted to keep going straight, and uh, a lot of guys left their cars that way where you had to make a big diamond and uh, watch the bush race yesterday, and those guys ran on the flat of the racetrack. They actually ran down on the apron, and our car wasn't gonna, wouldn't work down there, so we made some adjustments. We think we'll put it down where you can hold it down low on the racetrack. If, we, if we've accomplished that, then we'll run well. If we missed it, we'll be a 10th-place car. He was leading the race last weekend on the way to his 12th consecutive top 11 finish. I believe he'll start another one of those streaks here today, rolling off from the second position. Ricky's very good on this type of racetrack. Jimmy Spencer had an outstanding qualifying run for this team here on Friday. They'll be starting fourth. Last year, they qualified 25th and finished 20th. It's been a tough year for Jimmy Spencer and the team. Only one top five, despite the fact that they've run up in the top ten in a lot of races all season long. They just can't seem to get the good finishes. They need to run strong these last few races. Can they do it? Jason Toy is with Jimmy. Well, thanks a lot, Barney. And, uh, Jimmy, you guys are trying to finish up the season on a high note. You've had some good runs here in a Bush car, although you didn't have quite the one you wanted yesterday. What did you learn from that race to transcend into this race today? I'm glad we didn't have the same setup underneath the car. Just the Bush car never ran fast when we unloaded, you know. The cup car, we come down and tested, and when we unloaded at the Kmart car, it ran really well and qualified well, and the car's running good right now. And uh, I, uh, I think the team has done really well the last 15 weeks. Uh, we've run really strong. We had a good car last week at Phoenix, Charlotte, Rockingham. So, you know, hopefully we can come out of here with a solid run, and that's what we're hoping for with the Kmart team today. What has changed with this team the past couple of weeks to get you guys back up and uh, running up in the front? I just think we've been all working real close together. We, we had a big discussion about three, four months ago about what the heck we were going to do, the direction we were wanting to go, and it's really worked out for us, and I think it's given us a direction uh, that's really been helpful, and Travis and Carl Hawes are going to put some more uh, people into this organization this winter 
uh, I think we'll be that much stronger next year. You know, uh, I've said it all along. You need to be in the top ten every week to be a, f- a contender for wins. And, uh, you know, that's what we're shooting for now here in Atlanta. We're hoping we can finish out the season with some top ten finishes and build on that for next year. Well, he gets in a good starting spot here this afternoon. Jimmy Spencer rolls off fourth. Jimmy Spencer about due for a win. It's been six years since he won a NASCAR Winston Cup race. It came at the Talladega Super Speedway in 1994. Let's hear from some more drivers. Casey Atwood makes a start for Everham Motorsports today in the Pennzoil 400. This team will be running the Dodge Intrepid next year as teammates to Bill Elliott. Team owner Ray Everham says the race is just another chance to get ready for the 2001 season. But Jim Phillips, how does Casey feel about his chances here today? Well, let's see how he uh, thinks about his third start, Casey. You've had uh, time to shake down this car. How do you feel about your chances today to have a good finish? I think we got a real good car. You know, uh, got, got a good starting spot's the main thing. We hadn't had that yet. So uh, we'll just see if we can hang out up there with the leaders and follow them around and then see what we got at the end of the race. Hopefully we can just get a, you know, a good top 15, top 10 finish. How has it uh, the most difficult thing? What's been the most difficult thing is telling what the car is doing to Ray and all these guys? No, it's just the length of the races and how much different you got to drive it. In the Bush, Bush car, you're really just wide open the whole time. In the, in the Cup car, the races are so long, you save your car to the end. That's the biggest adjustment I've had to make. So he's got to make an adjustment today because this is a rather long race, even though it's 400 miles, flat racetrack, a lot of strain on the driver. Doesn't have a lot to fall back on, a lot of experience-wise, but I think you'll be okay. Tony Stewart, last year's winner, starts 13th this afternoon. He started 7th last November. Just a super year for Tony and his team. Fifth in points, five wins and 22 top 10 finishes. A lot of people say he has the car to beat here today. Does he feel the same way? Winston Kelly should be with him. Well, let's just ask him that question. He's getting congratulations from one of the NASCAR officials. Tony, normally when we come to a racetrack, you go through the garage here, you get two or three guys that folks are pointing to as a potential winner. This weekend, it seems like all the eyes are pointed on the orange number 20 car. Your thoughts? You agree with that? We got a pretty good car. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, taking care of it all day and just... uh you know, doing what we can to, to take care of a race car and try to keep defenders on it for the whole day. You had a dominant car last year, but you brought out a new car. Is this one that much better than the other one? <laughs> it's a pretty good car right now. Whether it's uh, whether it's good enough to get done what we need, uh, we'll find out. But it's a it's been a pretty good car. We tested down here with, and it was brand new during the test. And uh, you know, we were really happy with the way it was responding then, and uh, really excited about the way it's been responding this weekend. So uh, just keep our fingers crossed right now, see if we can get to the front. Well, to put it in perspective, guys that are starting in front of him hope to fall in line behind behind him to lead him to get to the front behind Tony Stewart, who rolls off 13. Everybody considers him a strong contender to win here today. Well, Jeremy Mayfield starts 22nd in today's race. He's won twice this year already, but Jason Toy, Jeremy has been in position to win several times this year, only to have mechanical problems and just bad luck. Does he feel bulletproof today? Well, that seems to be one of the common things we've been talking about has been bad luck here, the final stretch of the season. Jeremy Mayfield taking a final couple of thoughts with his crewmates down here on the uh, start finish line as we get ready to drop the green flag on this one and Jeremy had, had some strong runs this season had some runs you had the potential of winning you guys have been consistent the entire weekend can you consistently get up toward the front yeah I think so you know we got a good race car here the mobile one four is just um, man it's been good again you know we didn't uh, qualify as well as we like to but uh, we didn't last week either and ran good so we're just gonna try to work our way to the front and uh, hopefully uh, you know see what happens but try to be there at the end and have a shot to win this thing Let's uh, shift our thoughts a bit to the championship battle this year. Bobby Labonte, the man everyone is going to be watching. He could well come out of here as the 2000 NASCAR Winston Cup champion. Now, there are several scenarios by which that can happen. The simplest, at least the simplest for us to figure, is that if he finishes fifth or better here today, he could come out of here as the champion. Jim Phillips, how worried or concerned is Bobby? Well, let's ask him right now. I mean, there's 
all kinds of scenarios, and we've talked about them. They printed them. They put them on film. They did everything. But the thing is, is this car good enough to finish the top five today? Well, I hope so. Yesterday afternoon, it wasn't quite as good as we like to see it, so we made some changes this morning. But uh, hopefully we can get our interstate batteries, Pontiac, running really good today. And You know, we ran good here last time, so hopefully we can finish in the top five. Okay. Now, last year, you led a lot of the race, finished second place. The car today, is it the same car? Is it a different car? And, and what do you think the key to stay up there is? Well, it is a different car, but it's the same one we had at Indianapolis. So uh, it's a good race car. And uh, we just hope that we can, uh, you know, fine-tune on it throughout the day with the clouds going in and out and just try to make our cars, man, just, just as good as possible like it was last year. But uh, got almost the same setup as last year, just a little bit different. Well, there's one thing about it. He's got one of the best crew chiefs in the business and one of the best crews in the business to back him up. That's Bobby Labonte starting third. And for the way he sounds, he is loose as a goose, as they say. No pressure on him whatsoever. Jeff Burton will start 31st here this afternoon. He could take second place from Dale Earnhardt today with a good run in the Winston Cup points. He's just eight points out of second. Jeff came from the back last November here and finished a strong third. I bet he's thinking more about a second straight win, however, after his victory last week at Phoenix than anything else. Winston Kelly is there. Barney, I'd say that's right. Started 21st last year, but got a little bit more ground to make up starting 31st. How about the chances to make it two wins back-to-back, Jeff? Well, I don't know. Barney took credit for us doing so well last week. I want to know where he was this week. But uh, it's, been a, it's been, a, been a long week for us so far. Uh, we obviously didn't qualify very well. We didn't have a bad lap. That was actually we picked up some when we qualified. So it's been a struggle. Uh, we've really worked hard. We uh, threw some stuff on it this morning. I, I think it's going to make it better. But uh, it certainly needs to be better from what we had yesterday. The 20 car was just incredibly fast. And uh, we're here to win. So uh, we, we made some changes, and hopefully the gamble works. You said since Dover when you had the problems there that you thought the points was out of the, the cards for you guys. Is it a situation where second means that much to you? Well, it certainly does. Uh, we want to finish as high as we can. And, you know, we haven't, when I said that, I was just being realistic. It's not like we've given up. You know, we've led more laps than, since halfway than anybody. We've, we've led our share of races. we won our share of races. And uh, we didn't give up. We just, you know, we were realistic about it. Sorry, I thought I was going to blow up. Uh, we're realistic about what's going on, and, uh, you know, we got ourselves behind, and, and that's just the way it was. But we've been working hard, and we're trying to build some momentum so the next year we can be one of those teams that everybody looks at and says that uh, that's a contender. We'll focus on getting Barney out of the doghouse for not helping him, and Jeff Burton will focus on taking this car from 31st to a second consecutive win here at Miami. And those explosions going off were part of the pre-race ceremony here, the uh, national anthem being played by Marine Staff Sergeant Michael Martin, an instructor at the Armed Forces School of Music in Norfolk, Virginia. Back to the championship battle, Dale Earnhardt, the man Bobby has to beat today. Dale is 218 points back. And as he said in our show open, he realizes the chances are quite slim, but he's also hanging on to second spot by a slim margin. Jason Toy is with Dale way back in 37th. Well, one of the things when you talk about this racetrack, we've talked to a lot of drivers being consistent and being patient and doing it. One of those guys that has to be patient and consistent, no problem with doing that, is Dale Earnhardt, who starts back 37th this afternoon. Dale, last season you guys started, started back towards the back, but you finished up in eighth. Can you repeat it here this afternoon? He's having a couple of def- technical difficulties here as he tries to check his radio with his crew as he gets settled into the uh, into the race car here. Dale, you guys start back towards the pack. Can you get it up towards the front this afternoon? What's it going to take? Well, right now trying to get the radio to work, but uh, everything's, uh, I don't know, at last practice we run pretty good, but uh, I don't know, it's a long day here. Uh, real hard to make the car turn on the center and the bottom, so we just, uh, I think we'll be okay. Mathematically, still a chance to to take home your eighth title in this one. How do you approach it? Approach that in that aspect in this race? 
I hope we have a lot of good luck and uh, can't wish anybody bad luck, but it's going to take some luck to change it. All right, the trademark grin from Dale Earnhardt as he rolls out 37th this afternoon. It's going to take a lot of luck going both ways for that to happen. Eight drivers failed to make today's race. Kyle Petty, Hut Strickland, Ricky Craven, Dave Marcus, Steve Grissom, Norm Benning, Hermie Sadler, and Ted Musgrave didn't make the cut. Here's the 43 in the second-to-last race of the year. Bobby Hamilton will start 43rd in the Kodak Chevrolet. 42nd starter is Kenny Wallace in the Square D Chevrolet. The Nation's Rent Chevrolet with Michael Waltrip goes 41st. 40th will be Ken Schrader in the M&M's Pontiac, and the Kellogg Chevrolet with Terry Labonte will start 39th. Matt Kenseth will start all the way back in 38th position. He'll be driving the DeWalt Tools Ford. The GM Goodrich Chevrolet with Dale Earnhardt will start 37th. Jeffrey Bodine starts from 36th position. He'll be in the Mikosuke Indians Ford. The Viagra Pontiac with Mike Bliss is the 35th starter. 34th is Scott Pruitt in the Tide Ford. The FamilyClick.com Ford with Kevin LePage goes 33rd. Wally Dollenbach has the Rotos Zip Ford in 32nd, and Jeff Burton will start 31st in the Sitco SuperGuard Ford. Starting 30th today, his first NASCAR Winston Cup start, Bobby Hamilton Jr. in the Bobby Hamilton Racing Ford. Andy Houston has the McDonald's House Ford starting in the 29th spot. 28th is Jeff Gordon, the DuPont Chevrolet. Elliot Sadler has the Sitco Ford starting in 27th. 26th is Robert Presley, the Jasper Engines Ford. 25th is Rick Mast in the Conseco Pontiac. 24th is Darrell Waltrip, the big Kmart Route 66 Ford. Bill Elliott has the McDonald's Ford starting 23rd. 22nd is Jeremy Mayfield, the Mobile One Ford. And 21st, Jerry Nadeau, the MichaelHulligan.com Chevrolet. Stacy Compton will start 20th. He's in the Cougar Ford. The Amico Pontiac with Dave Blady will be the 19th starter. Mike Skinner starts 18th in the Lowe's Chevrolet. And the Miller Lite Ford with Rusty Wallace aboard will start 17th. 16th position, John Andretti in the Cheerios Pontiac. The Coors Light Chevrolet with Sterling Marlin will be the 15th starter. 14th position will be Johnny Benson in the Aaron's Pontiac and the Home Depot Pontiac with Tony Stewart. Last year's winner starts 13th. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has the Budweiser Chevrolet 12th. And Mark Martin will start 11th in the Valvoline Ford. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in. Four tires to no racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Standing down on the front straightaway, former Senator Howard Baker getting set to give the command to fire the engines to get the Pennzoil 400 underway. Again, a beautiful afternoon for racing. Here comes the command now to start today's race. Start your engines. And the engines come to life. We look at the top ten. Kurt Busch has the John Deere Ford starting in tenth. Brett Bodine in the Ralph Supermarket Ford goes from ninth today. Ward Burton and the Caterpillar Pontiac will start in the eighth spot. Seventh is Dale Jarrett, the Quality Care Ford Credit Ford. Joe Nemechek has his Oakwood Home Chevrolet starting in sixth. Fifth is Casey Atwood, the Motorola Ford. Jimmy Spencer, the big Kmart Route 66 Ford going from fourth. Third is Bobby Labonte, the Interstate Batteries Pontiac. And on the front row, Ricky Rudd, the Texaco Haviland Ford. And Steve Park in his Second career, Bud Pole driving the Pennzoil Chevrolet starting up front here today in the Pennzoil 400. All the drivers getting strapped in their machines, getting ready to go. 43 cars ready to get down to business here this afternoon at Homestead. Won't be too long till they'll be seeing that green flag displayed, and we'll have some exciting racing here at Homestead. 
MRN Radio live at the Homestead Miami Speedway this afternoon to bring you live coverage of the 33rd race of the 2000 season, the Pennzoil 400. A beautiful afternoon for racing. Temperatures again, the low to mid-80s. Sky's pretty much clear. Should be great racing conditions, Barney. Yeah, it's perfect weather here in the state of Florida. It's just been kind of strange to come down here from North Carolina and get off the airplane. You had a jacket on when you left up there, and it was in the low 80s when we got off the other night. Very, very warm, but it's ideal racing weather. The atmosphere here in the state of Florida, these race fans really pumped up to watch the Winston Cup guys do their thing on this mile-and-a-half speedway. And the field has pulled onto the racetrack, and they'll make three laps before they put them under green. It's an early problem for Michael Waltrip. He had to go back to the rear of the field already, but now there's some fluid coming out of the car. He's been black flagged and is making a pit stop. We'll check on that story in a few moments. First, let's talk about the layout here at the Homestead Miami Speedway. One and a half miles around. Only six degrees of banking in the turns, and therefore handling becomes really a premium. You see a lot of cars that are handling well beginning to move ahead. Once they go into the corners, the ones that are not slide up to the outside wall and typically will lose positions. To cover the action for us, up in turns one and two this afternoon, from Dover, Delaware. Here's Mike Bagley. Thanks, Joe. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm positioned on a platform here at the entrance to turn two, and the remarkable thing about the Miami Homestead Speedway is that it's very wide in the corners. Have four lanes of racetrack, but only two of them are usable. Well, that changed yesterday. Make that three lanes that you can use, but the problem is the third one is the apron. Saw a lot of NASCAR Bush Series drivers testing the water by hanging their left side tires down below the yellow line. That separates the apron from the racetrack. Well, as the race went on, that groove got lower and lower, and we saw all four tires on some cars all the way on the apron, making a third groove here to make positions or actually make passes for positions. We'll cover the action here through turns one and two and all the shuffles that go on off onto the back straightaway. Build up a pretty good head of steam down that back straightaway as they go over to turns three and four, and the pride and joy of Altamont, Illinois will cover the action over there this afternoon. Kurt Becker. And Barney, we don't have many streets in Altamont that run 1,765 feet, but that is the length of the back straightaway here at the Homestead Miami Speedway, and that means there's plenty of momentum coming back into the corner. Really the same story. You don't want to be more than double wide in the corner, and preferably you want to be right down at the bottom of the racetrack. That's the preferred line to advance your position. We'll have all the action cover from our spot on a scaffold just outside of turns three and four. That is the real Kurt Becker. We'll have plenty of action to talk about at that end of the racetrack. Well, Michael Waltrip's car has been taken back into the garage. We told you he was going to the rear of the field. Uh, now they're going back because smoke coming from the car. Let's check in with Jason Toy. Well, they're concerned about either a detached oil line or a split in the oil line. Right now they pulled the car back to the hauler here. They are jacking it up, going under, up underneath his Chevrolet to try to find out where exactly this fuel leak is coming, or this uh, oil leak is coming from. Tough, tough way break. to start the day, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> tough break for Michael Waltrip having to go to the tail end of the field and then have a problem with the car, even just as they're getting ready to put the field under green. We'll take a minute to remind you that today's broadcast of the Pennzoil 400 by Discount Auto Parts is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Homestead Miami Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this event without the expressed written consent of MRN Radio is prohibited. Again, one of the things to keep in mind, the fact that NASCAR Winston Cup Series has only run here once before, so there are not a whole lot of notes, a lot of planning for what to do. This could be a situation that could present another winner. And so far this year, we've already had 13 different winners in the year, the most since 1991 when there were 14 different winners, which was a record for the modern era. If a new guy slipped in, we could break that record. And I think it's kind of likely with some of the talent we've seen and what we've seen in Bud Pole qualifying. Very possible at a speedway like this. The bottom line, everybody I talked to in the garage here this morning, you say, how good is your 
card. What did you learn from that first race here, and how how good is it going to run here this weekend? If they tell you the truth, just about every crew chief will say, Barney, I've got no idea how well we're going to run. You won't, even the driver won't know until they get about 10 laps under their belt, whether we have a setup in it we need or whether we don't. They work hard, of course, during the practice sessions. Yesterday, the uh, happy hour was held before the NASCAR Bush Series race, a little bit earlier in the day. So chances are conditions a little more similar to what they are at race time here today than when typically they'll run the happy hour after the NASCAR Bush Series race. Although the differing factor, the fact that there's more rubber on the racetrack because the Bush Series cars went out and uh, ran a total of 200 laps here yesterday afternoon. Field is now working off turn number four, coming down to the line where they will get the signal one to go this time by NASCAR official wanted to make sure that the, che- the, the uh, racetrack was clean after Michael Waltrip spewed uh, some smoke and fluid on the back straightaway. Again, his car has been taken back to the garage. They're hustling, trying to get him back out. But we get the signal now. One to go as the field crosses the start-finish line. See if we can get a quick update from the garage to if Michael Waltrip's going to be able to get back out here and start this thing. Well, the crew is up underneath working on the Chevrolet. They've actually took out the oil line that goes all the way back to the oil cooler back behind uh, where Michael is sitting in his car. So they've replaced the entire oil line now they're trying to put the attachments and the clamps on it try to get him back out running michael waltrip in the garage right now as they have indicated to the field we will go green next time by again on that front row will be steve park and ricky rudd bobby labonte and jimmy spencer are back in row two then Casey Atwood and Joe Nemechek. Casey Atwood didn't seem a bit nervous at all here this morning, Joe. I kind of walked by his crew over there, and, and even though the kid has very limited experience in a Winston Cup car, thinks he can do the job today and maybe get a top ten finish even. I think that probably comes from working with a guy like Ray Everham, who's been around this sport as long as he has. Uh, Ray has a way of kind of instilling that confidence, even in a guy like, uh, like Jeff Gordon when Ray and Jeff worked together. Times when Jeff wasn't feeling really good about uh, the way he was driving or the way the race car was set up, you know, it's very famous uh, some of the conversations on the two-way radio between Ray and Jeff so I think that uh, coaching ability that Ray Everham has uh, Everham has uh, certainly lends a lot to the uh, confidence that Casey Atwood has Ray Everham is one of the best in the business his record speaks that no question about it field moving up into turns three and four pace car has them in tow getting ready to go here this afternoon and this time they should get the green flag you almost wonder that you could would like to think that you could go inside the head of, of Bobby Labonte this afternoon to know what he's thinking right now and what Dale Earnhardt's thinking. They tell us one thing, but who knows? Yeah, well, I'm sure they've got their fingers crossed now as we come down for the start. Michael Waltrip comes out of the garage, heads down the pit lane, maybe just in the nick of time. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn? Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws? If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. Field is coming for the green to get the Pennzoil 400 underway. Down to the line, green flag is in the air, and the Pennzoil 400 is underway. On the break, Steve Park looked like he was going to pull away from Ricky Rudd by a car length and get out single file before they get to turn one. Believe he's going to do it. He's got a fender out in front, although Rudd rallies back on the outside lane. Now, as they come to turn two, Steve Park will sweep out in front of Ricky Rudd. 
ahead. Here's Jimmy Spencer taking a quick peek to the inside out of third. Bobby Lubani is pinned down to the inside lane of the backstretch back in the fourth position. Joe Nemechek moving by him. Nemechek taking the high lane, going into turn number three. Goes so high, in fact, he's going to open the lane once again for Bobby Lubani. So Lubani tries to drive down low, while for second they stack up double wide. Here's Spencer on the move. He moves underneath Ricky Rudd, while Steve Park moves out by five, maybe six car lengths up in turn number one. Jimmy Spencer grabs the second spot. Ricky Rudd third. Bobby Labonte fourth. Now it's double wide for fifth. Joe Nemechek in the outside lane. They stay side-by-side for the fifth position. Dale Jarrett runs in behind them in seventh. Ward Burton, then Kurt Busch, followed off the end of the backstretch by Tony Stewart. Quick breakaway at the front of the field. Steve Park is out front, some ten car lengths ahead of Ricky Rudd. Jimmy Spencer solidly in third. Joe Nemechek is the car that right now has his hands full as he is about to get passed by Casey Atwood. Casey puts a run on him as they go to turn one. He's got the inside groove going into the corner. Opens the inside lane, but Nemechek drives in hard, hangs onto the spot for now, but because he drove in hard, the car slides up, and that opens the lane in the, the over inside lane in the corner for Casey Atwood, who draws even with him on the back straightaway. Side by side, again, this for the fifth position. Dale Jarrett makes that a three-way shuffle now. Jumps in the line behind fellow Ford driver Casey Atwood. Nemechek would really like to get back down to the low side of the racetrack, but he's not going to be able to do it. Casey Atwood goes by. Here's Dale Jarrett making the move, and quickly Nemechek will swap lanes and get in behind Dale Jarrett because he looks back and sees a herd of others coming along. Kurt Busch, Ward Burton, and another car that's on the move, Tony Stewart down in turn one. That's where traffic is stacking up. Stewart driving deep into the corner, opens the inside lane. Come on, the Pontiacs racing double wide there. Stewart gets the advantage and the position on Ward Burton in turn two. That moves Tony Stewart up in the ninth. Ward Burton is relegated to tenth. He's got Dale Earnhardt Jr. and also Mark Martin stringing out single file behind him. And Michael Waltrip is just ahead of the lead pack right now. He did get on the racetrack just as they put the green out, but the leaders are bearing down on him for the moment. The leader being Steve Park. He has an advantage right now, maybe 15 or 20 car lengths over Jimmy Spencer. The car that continues to be as strong as anybody out there and picking them off one by one is Tony Stewart. They're back in two. He just bypassed Ward Burton to pick up a position. Now he's closing in on Kurt Busch. Busch has his uh, rearview mirror as Tony Stewart continues to close in on the back straightaway. And Kurt Busch tries to hang on to the eighth position. He'll be able to do that for now. Stewart will follow him back into turn number three, riding down to the bottom of the corner. Great racing going on back in the field for about the 21st position. There's a pack of about 14 cars back there racing side by side and some three-wide racing now working over into turn number three. Those cars include Sterling Marlin. Stacy Compton was trying to make the pass of Sterling Marlin. He hugs the inside lane as uh, Jeff Gordon makes his way through. Bill Elliott now slides down the inside. He's trying to complete the pass of Stacy Compton up in turn one. Elliott's down on the inside. Stacy Compton's car not included at the bottom. Double wide, about four, five, six rows deep as Elliott continues his charge to the inside of Stacy Compton. Trying to take the 23rd position away from him. Further ahead, here's Jeff Gordon on the charge down to the inside of Sterling Marlin to pick up the 21st spot. And they string out single file as they come through turns three and four. Meanwhile, at the front of the field, Jimmy Spencer gets a little bit closer to Steve Park. Might put a challenge on for the lead, and Ricky Rudd is also tightening it up as they go to turn two. Spencer's chopping down the car lengths. He's now within two of Steve Park as Park and the rest of the top ten continue to bear down on Michael Walker. And here's Waltrip now setting up for the entry into turn number three. He's got Steve Park again closing in behind him. Park, the race leader, off the corner. And Park looks behind him and sees Jimmy Spencer starting to close in. 
now within about three or four car lengths. They'll complete seven laps as they come back down to the line, seven of 267 that make up the total distance in the Pennzoil 400 this afternoon. And to Steve Park, Jimmy Spencer, Ricky Rudd, Bobby Labonte, and Casey Atwood, the top five, followed by Dale Jarrett, Joe Nemechek, Kurt Busch, Tony Stewart, and Ward Burton. They're in turn two. Challenge and change for the fifth position. Dale Jarrett up and under Casey Atwood. Jarrett now tries to set his sights on Bobby Labonte off turn two. And here are the race leaders now coming off the end of the backstretch. Steve Park makes the move to the inside of Michael Walter, putting his car a lap down. Yeah, Michael was on the tail end of the lead lap and doing everything he could to stay there. Maybe hope to get a break with a caution, an early caution, so he could get back up in the field and not go a lap down, but that was not going to be the case. Ricky Rudd now has to get around Michael's car. He's trying to reel in Jimmy Spencer as they go back to turn number one. It is Steve Park, Jimmy Spencer, Ricky Rudd, Bobby Labonte, and Dale Jarrett at the top five as they go to two. Ricky Rudd makes the inside move under the lap of Michael Walter. Now the front three have cleared the lap traffic as the race for the lead tightens up on the back stretch. Race for the lead between the Chevrolet of Steve Park and the Ford of Jimmy Spencer. For now, no change in the top two, although Spencer continues to close in. Here comes Spencer now right up on the bumper of Steve Park. He might be about to try to make his move. Park's trying to be defensive, hug the inside lane. His car kicks up off turn number four. The lane is open. Here comes Jimmy powering down to the inside up alongside Steve Park. The race for the lead heads to turn one. Put Mr. Excitement to the top of the leaderboard. Jimmy Spencer flashes by Steve Park. He'll grab the top spot. Park quickly snaps a Chevrolet back in line. Now Ricky Rudd begins his charge up to catch up to the front two. And behind Rudd, it's another six car lengths to Bobby Labonte, the points leader having just gotten to the inside of Michael Waltrip's lap car. Now Labonte trying to catch up with the top three. They're about to put ten laps on the scoreboard. Jimmy Spencer, the new leader, as they work their way off turn number four and back to the front straightaway. A couple of Fords lead the way in the early going in the Pennzoil 400 this afternoon. It is Jimmy Spencer and Ricky Rudd, followed by Steve Park, Bobby Labonte, and Dale Jarrett. One of the fast movers right now is Tony Stewart. He started 13th. He's just taken over the sixth position, actually moving into the top five now. Well, he will be very shortly now as he starts closing in on Bobby Labonte. Other quick movers, Jeff Burton, who started back in 31st. He's up to 29th. And Dale Earnhardt, who started 37th. He's now in the 30th position. Tony may have the fastest car on the racetrack, the way he's coming up through the field. 14 laps are on the board. You heard us say that Michael Waltrip's car had to go to the garage just about the time they were getting ready to start. He is back in the race, did get the start, started on the tail end of the lead lap, has now gone a lap down. Jason Toy is in his pit. What did they find out? Well, let's find out from Bobby Kenny, the crew chief. You guys had to go back for an oil line. Has it corrected itself, and what's the status right now? The um, uh, start of the race, we had a broken fitting on when the oil lines got it checked, uh, changed for the start of the race, and seems to have a fuel pressure problem right now. It's sort of we thought yesterday we unloaded this as a backup car and the motor broke right away so this is the first laps on the car all right that's bobby kennedy the crew chief they're trying to hopefully get the oil pump to come up to par with the with the race car out of the track or else they're trying to hang on for a caution flag to come in to work on it yeah michael is in there as we said he is back in 43rd position he is a lap down to the rest of the field jimmy spencer continues to hang on to the lead spencer pedaling hard right now trying to get away from ricky rudd who's moved into the number two spot they're in two here they come back to the corner now jimmy spencer ricky Rudd starting to march away from what's developing to be a good third place battle. Here comes Bobby Labonte. He's in fourth, trying to take third away from Steve Park. Here's Park's Chevrolet in that third position. The Pontiac of Bobby Labonte is all over his back bumper and also Tony Stewart about to join that group. Yes, Stewart making out a three-way battle as they come back into turn number four. It is Steve Park hanging on a third, but by a thread. Here's Bobby Labonte down to the inside of the racetrack off turn number four. He'll clear and pick up the third spot. Tony Stewart follows his teammate to the inside lane. He'll get by and pick up the fourth position as they shuffle off to turn one. So now Steve Park is ushered back to the fifth position. 
apart quickly, pulling his car back in line. He has, though, seven, eight car lengths between himself and Dale Jarrett, the next car that will catch up to and possibly bypass Steve Park. Here come the leaders now off the end of the backstretch. Everyone is single file behind race leader Jimmy Spencer off turn four. Now remember, Bobby Labonte needs to finish fifth or better, and he will lock up the Winston Cup championship here this weekend at Homestead. As he comes off the corner, he's about to get a challenge from Tony Stewart. Tony gets a good run coming off turn number four, dives to the inside, and goes after him down in turn one. That is the challenge, and now the change for third. Tony Stewart up under his teammate Bobby Labonte, so put Stewart to third, kick Bobby Labonte back to fourth, and Steve Park is about a car length, maybe two, behind Labonte in the fifth position. Behind him, it's another five car lengths to Dale Jarrett in sixth, and a large gap back to Casey Atwood, Joe Nemechek, and Kurt Busch, and Mark Martin, who currently rounds out the top ten. MRN Radio, live at the Homestead Miami Speedway, bringing you our last race broadcast of the 2000 season, the Pennzoil 400. I'm Joe Moore, along with Barney Hall, Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Jason Toy, covering pit road for us here today. Out on the turns, Mike Bagley and Kurt Becker. Early in the running of today's race, 19 of 267 laps are complete. Already one lead change. It was Steve Park starting on the bud pole. Jimmy Spencer took over on lap number 10, has led ever since. It's Spencer, Ricky Rudd, Tony Stewart, Bobby Labonte, and Park now in fifth. Sixth is Dale Jarrett, Casey Atwood is seventh. Eighth is Joe Nemechek. Ninth is Kurt Busch. And tenth now is Mark Martin. And right now, Spencer is setting a blistering pace. He was within maybe a half a lap of catching the tail end of the field. And if this race stays green, there's going to be an awful lot of cars that might go a lap down very early here this afternoon in the Pennzoil 400. Ricky Rudd makes a charge through three and four. He's there. About a half a car length back of Jimmy Spencer right now. Thought he might put a move on him down the front straightaway. Spencer pulls away by a car length. This could get close down in turn one. A couple of boards going that for the lead here. Coming back to the corner. Jimmy Spencer glued down to the inside. Now his car is starting to slide up while Ricky Rudd's car is glued right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Off of two now. Rudd closes it even more. A car length separates the top two. Ricky Rudd continues to chase Jimmy Spencer all the way off the end of the backstretch. Into turn number three. Spencer down low. Rudd hugs the line even lower. As Ricky Rudd closes in on Jimmy Spencer, let's go to the fifth place battle. Dale Jarrett has caught Steve Park. Park, after starting on the bud pole, seems to have a hard time hugging the inside lane. It's cost him four positions and is about to cost him another one. Here comes DJ right up on the bumper of the Pennzoil Chevrolet. See if he can make his pass as he follows him down to the end of the front straightaway and into turn one. Park really has his hands full. He's trying to keep his car glued down at the bottom, but it skates up at the entrance of turn two. The inside lane is open up, and here comes Dale Jarrett up and under Steve Park as Jarrett tries to grab the fifth spot. And Jarrett will do that. He completes the pass and closes the deal and fights his way into the top five as he works his way back through turn number four. 23 laps about to go on the board. Jimmy Spencer just barely holding off Ricky Rudd. Tony Stewart is up to third. Bobby Labonte is fourth and Steve Park now back to fifth. Caution flag is out for the first time this afternoon. Just 24 laps into the Pennzoil 400. Let's go to Kurt Becker. A couple of Fords involved here. The cars of Scott Pruitt and Andy Houston coming off the end of the backstretch. Both got turned around sideways, slid up the racetrack, and both just kind of grazed the outside retaining wall. Both have come to rest facing the wrong way of the track. Caution on the speedway. It's the first one of the afternoon. It comes out at lap 25. Again, a couple of cars, Scott Pruitt and 
Andy Houston both are resting out toward the outside wall up in turns three and four, and we are under caution. A quick recap again. Let's go back over to turn three. It's coming off the end of the backstretch, Barney, and the two cars were side by side. Houston and Pruitt both skittered up the racetrack. Pruitt now beginning to drive away, and as he does so, from our vantage point, we can see the sheet metal all crunched in around the left rear tire while Houston is still in the outside groove in turn four. What's so tough about that? The fact they're teammates. Both came from PPI Racing. And we take a look at it on the, we have the benefit of a monitor here in the booth, and it looked like the two cars just got together. You couldn't tell whether one come down or one come up a little bit, but the, the contact was made, and both go around, and both go into the wall, and we're under caution. Both Scott Pruitt and Andy Houston are out of their cars over in turns three and four. Both will go to the garage, and we should be able to hear from them in just a moment. Pit Road was closed uh, as they came around last time. It looks like it's going to be open this time, and we see just about everybody coming into the pits right now, led by Ricky Rudd, who grabbed the lead just about the time that accident happened up there. Jimmy Spencer has now been dropped back to second. Tony Stewart will come on to Pit Road running third. Bobby Labonte fourth, and Dale Jarrett fifth. Here comes the leader, Ricky Rudd, bringing him down for the first pit stop of the day. And they will have the benefit of making this stop under the yellow flag. Let's go down to Winston Kelly. As the well, the guys down. on the midsection of pit road starting to come to a stop. The first one is Joe Nemechek. Just ahead of him is Casey Atwood. It's kind of a hodgepodge of situations. Tight is Joe Nemechek. They're going to make a chassis adjustment. Casey Atwood tight in the middle, then loose off. Tight's the report that we get from uh, Jeff Gordon going into the, the corner, then loose off. So two tires to stop for Jeremy Mayfield easily. The first down and away. Now up to Jim Miller. Yeah, we got Steve parked above pole with a red. Ward Burton is in. His car's been tight. Bobby Bonney pretty well satisfied with his car. Ricky Rudd is in. Brett Bodine is in. So is Kurt Busch. Mark Martin is in. Dave Blaney. Tony Stewart. Dale Jarrett. Mike Skinner. All these cars down here. Four tires and fuel. Now to Jason Toy. The only driver on this end of pit road did not come in was Elliot Sadler. He stayed out, but everybody else was in. Great pit stop for Daryl Waltrip. Dale Earnhardt with a 19.6 stop. Four tires all down on this end of pit road. Also Ken Schrader, Matt Kenseth, Michael Waltrip staying out. He's already a lap down. Jeffrey Bodine, Bobby Hamilton all in on this end of pit road. And Jeremy Mayfield's team do the quick job on his car, get him back onto the racetrack first. Ricky Rudd will come out right behind him. Yeah, Elliot Sadler stayed out, led one lap, and now he's making his way down the pit lane along with Michael Waltrip, who was already down from the race leaders. But Jeremy Mayfield getting the quick service, getting him out first. He will take the lead over when they come back down the line as we continue working under caution for the first time this afternoon when Scott Pruitt and Andy Houston got together in turn four. Field now working down the back straightaway. They will get the one-to-go signal when they come back around to the front side this next time by. So we have a few moments. Let's cover a couple of stories on the pit lane. Everybody came in and made a pit stop when that caution flag came out on lap 24. Most did pretty well. Ward Burton, not quite so fortunate. Jim Phillips, what's the story there? Well, it happens sometime in a sport, Joe. The, the car rolled off the jack. Uh, sometimes the, either the driver lets it off the brake just a little bit and it'll roll the jack over, but it rolled off the jack anyway, and uh, he lost several spots. They were having a good pit stop going. But that disrupted it, so he's lost several spots. Ward falls all the way back to 25th position is where he will be running when they put him back under green here in just a few moments. As we told you a moment ago, first caution flag of the afternoon involving Scott Pruitt and Andy Houston, both drivers out against the outside wall. The cars have now been taken back to the garage area. And let's see if we can get an update maybe on what caused the accident down there. Jason, have you caught up with either one of them? Yeah, Andy Houston just popped his head out the uh, infield care center here real quick. Uh, first of all, good to see you walking out, though. What happened? Uh, don't know. It looked like uh, myself and the, the 32 car got together a little bit there, uh, getting into three. I think he got loose underneath me, and uh, I was just uh, 
you know, the McDonald's car started out just a little too tight, and uh, we were just trying to hang on and uh, had a whole train there uh, uh, that had a run at me, and I was trying to hang tough there on the outside and, uh, you know, just wasn't to be. But um, we're getting ready for next season and uh, looking forward to a great year next year and uh, just can't be happier to, to be involved with McDonald's and PPI Motorsports and uh, get ready for Daytona. All right, Andy Houston and the team, uh, as he said, looking forward to the next season, trying to get a couple of races under their belt this season to gain experience. Already a couple of cars have gone to the garage. Andy Houston and Scott Pruitt getting involved in an accident up in turns three and four. Last year, the attrition rate here very low. I think there's only maybe four cars that were not running at the end. Getting ready to go back to green, Jeremy Mayfield is the leader. Ricky Rudd will be second, Jimmy Spencer third, Dale Jarrett fourth, Tony Stewart fifth, Steve Park is now back to sixth, Bobby Labonte is seventh, Casey Atwood runs eighth, Mark Martin ninth, and Johnny Benson make up the top ten. Benson changed only a couple of tires, I believe, a moment ago. He was one of the the, uh, cars that did that, and also Jeremy Mayfield's team only put a couple of tires on his car. Down to the line, only car a lap down to the inside of the leader will be Michael Waltrip as he chases Jeremy Mayfield off into turn number one as they go back to green. Michael's going to run him hard to see if he can get ahead of the leader, gain a lap back. He's going to try to do it down to the inside, but will be unsuccessful by the time they get to turn two. Jeremy Mayfield will bypass Michael Waltrip. Now Ricky Rudd in the outside lane will try to bypass Waltrip as well. Ricky Rudd, Jimmy Spencer, both trying to get by to the outside of Michael Waltrip. Here's Dale Jarrett. Oh, trouble on the back straightaway. Ward Burton gets turned head on into the outside wall. Others collect now. Spin down on the inside, headed to turn three. Casey Compton is among those cars. Mike Bliss's machine is also involved. Rick Mass dodging through traffic carefully to avoid making contact, but cars scattered across the back straightaway. There's going to be at least a half a dozen cars that got a piece of that action over there. Ward Burton's severely damaged machine. You can see the front end of it is caved in where he hit the outside outside wall. Let's go back to turn three. Well, at this end of the back straightaway, Barney, Mike Bliss's machine sitting crossways of the racetrack. The front end has all been up on his car. Stacy Compton's car, we told you, was involved. Ward Burton again sustaining the bulk of that damage. His front end is bowed up severely as well. It appeared that maybe some contact was made. Dale Earnhardt was just behind Ward Burton trying to get by him. They bumped coming up off turn number two. Mike Bagley, I believe that's the way I saw it from over here. Yeah, Joe, uh, Ward Burton's car then broke loose and slammed head-on into the outside wall and then put up a huge cloud of smoke and everyone had to try to slam on brakes to try to avoid spinning race cars, and we're left with now four to five cars littered here on the back straightaway. Jeffrey Bodine is back there, Ward Burton, Mike Bliss, Stacy Compton. Those are ones I can see from this position. Uh, Kurt, any more over there close to you? I believe the ones that we have talked about, Joe, are the ones within our line of sight as now the track crew and emergency vehicles begin tending to the scene. Second caution of the afternoon coming out at lap number 32 when an accident that started off the second corner over there collects about four to five cars. There may be some others that have just minimal sheet metal damage, but four of those damaged pretty bad. And again, as we said, Ward Burton's car really crumpled in in the front. Four cars involved in a crash on the back straightaway here at lap number 33. Actually, it occurred on lap 32. Has brought out the caution flag early this afternoon. The cars of Jeffrey Bodine, Ward Burton, Mike Bliss, and Stacy Compton littered from about halfway down the back straightaway up into turn number three. Let's go for a quick update to Kurt Becker. Well, right now, Joe, there are about four tow trucks and three other emergency vehicles which are tending to the situation on the back stretch. Right now, the main problem is trying not only to get those cars removed from the back straightaway, but as we are under caution now. Everyone else is kind of carefully picking their way around to the outside of the situation. From the Homestead Miami Speedway, this is MRN Radio. 
Let's pick up the field now, coming down to the line on lap number 38 to get the Pennzoil 400 back underway. Green flag is out. Green flag back in the air. Jeremy Mayfield, the leader, and Ricky Rudd ride second. They try to pull away from the rest of the field, get a little daylight. Again, Michael Waltrip's determined to get himself a lap back. Not going to be able to do it in turn one. Now Jeremy Mayfield's going to flash by him before they get to turn two. Now Ricky Rudd is going to go to work on Michael down on the inside. Rudd opens the inside lane, and we bring a whole host of cars with him. Jimmy Spencer was tepid just for a moment. Then once Rudd got the lane open, here came Spencer. Here came Dale Jarrett, Tony Stewart, and others filing by Michael Waltrip. Michael Waltrip held up Ricky Rudd and everybody else for a while. That allowed Jeremy Mayfield to jump out to about a 10-car length lead. Here they come back down to the line. It's Mayfield. Rudd now clearing the lap traffic. Jimmy Spencer feeling the heat from Dale Jarrett. He's battling for the third spot in turn one. Jarrett drives deep into the corner, tries to open the inside lane, trying to squeeze up under Jimmy Spencer, but it's not going to work this time, although Jarrett is within striking distance, he'll take a peek down to the inside on the back straightaway. A couple of Fords contesting the third position. Now Jarrett changes lanes to get back up into line and follows Spencer off the end of the backstretch. Jarrett and Ford. Mayfield leads. Ricky Rudd second. Jimmy Spencer is third. Right now, fourth is under contest as they cross the line. Tony Stewart trying to take it away from Dale Jarrett. Let's pick it up in turn one. Side by side, they'll come into turn one. Tony Stewart down to the inside. J- Dale Jarrett now in the outside lane. And Tony Stewart will flash by and pick up the position. Jarrett quickly gets back in line. He's got Steve Park and Bobby Labonte lined up behind him. Jarrett trying to hold off Park and hang on to the fifth position. The leaders now go single file off turn four. Mark Martin just picked up a position. Went by Johnny Benson. Mark moves up to the ninth spot now. Benson back in tenth. The contest just behind them. Kurt Busch there trying to hold off Dale Earnhardt Jr. Complicated by the fact that Michael Waltrip is in the mix there. Here they come shuffling up off the corner. Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Kurt Busch both get by Michael Waltrip, but they are tight battling for that spot, the 11th position in turn one. Kurt Busch will grab the 11th spot, shuffle Dale Earnhardt Jr. back to 12. Behind them, traffic still stacking up. Rusty Wallace down to the inside of the left car of Michael Waltrip, and they're stacked up double wide behind them. Wallace is in 13th position. They're double wide for 14th. Dave Blaney is there, racing up to the inside of Joe Nemechek. Dave Blaney's having a pretty good weekend here. He currently rides in 15th position. Jeff Gordon's all over him, trying to take a spot away there. Brett Bodine's also in that mix back in 17th. Jerry Nadeau and Wally Dolan back in that pack of traffic as they cross the line and go back down into turn number one. The leader's over in two. Challenge and chance for third. Tony Stewart has just bypassed Jimmy Spencer to pick up the third spot. So shuffle Spencer back to fourth as the race for fifth meets up with Dale Jarrett leading that battle. Here they come off the end of the backstretch now. Steve Park is in the sixth position behind Jarrett, not able to make the move this time by. Single file among the front 12, 15 cars right now. A couple of shuffles back in the field as drivers try to get by the slower car of Michael Waltrip who's had a bad day from the start this afternoon, had to go to the rear of the field, then had some fluid coming out of the back of the car and caused him to make a pit stop, losing positions in the garage before the race started. Let's pick up a battle further back. Bill Elliott trying to get by Dale Earnhardt. That battle now working up into the corner of turn number one. That would be for the 20th position. Elliott will get by the car of Wally Dallenbach. Slides up in the outside lane. Sterling Marlin as well is going to try to bypass Dallenbach. Behind him, got John Andretti and Mike Skinner battling as well. Now that traffic will straighten out. Go single file coming off the end of the backstretch. One exception in and amongst that group. Robert Presley tries to pick up a spot by Kenny Wallace. Won't be able to do it as he comes off turn number four. Let's set the field for you. We have now completed 46 laps. Jeremy Mayfield leads. Ricky Rudd. Tony Stewart is third. Jimmy Spencer's fourth. Dale Jarrett is fifth. Steve Park would be sixth. Bobby Lamotte seventh. Casey Atwood continues to run strong. Good qualifying run and he hangs up there in the top ten and eighth. 
Ninth is Mark Martin. Kurt Busch showing well in 10th. Johnny Benson is up to 11th. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is now 12th. Gift 13th to Rusty Wallace. Dave Blaney, a good strong day. He's 14th. Jeff Gordon is 15th. Joe Nemechek would be 16th. Brett Bodine is 17th. Jeff Burton is now up to 18th. Jerry Nadeau would be 19th. Dale Earnhardt Sr. is 20th. Bill Elliott's 21st. Wally Dolan back 22nd. Sterling Marlin 23rd. John Andretti 24th. And Mike Skinner make up the top 25. We have a change for second in the middle of the backstretch. And there will be a change. Tony Stewart just got to the inside of Ricky Rudd coming off the end of the back straightaway. And Stewart now takes over second. So Stewart now tries to close in on Jeremy Mayfield, the race leader. He sits about uh, maybe seven or eight car lengths behind him. Ricky Rudd next in line in third. They're pulling away from the car of Jimmy Spencer. Good battle going on now is between Steve. Steve Park and Dale Jarrett. They're going at it side by side, trying to decide the fifth position. That races in turn one. And that position will be decided with Steve Park going to the inside of Dale Jarrett, picking up fifth. Inside lane was left open up. Bobby Labonte went by. He will get sixth. And now Dale Jarrett will fall in line in the seventh spot. This time they're all going to go single file back to those first seven positions. Now the eighth spot is under contest. Mark Martin to the inside of Casey Atwood to pick up eighth. Mark Martin running stronger as the day goes on with the car that is really on the move is Tony Stewart. Tony has been very strong since they put him under green early this afternoon. He's trying now to chase down Jeremy Mayfield. He has just about a half a second to make up there in turn two. Tony Stewart's been turning up the steam the last few laps. Finds bypassed Ricky Rudd and got the second spot as left Rudd and is now closing in on Mayfield for the top spot. In fact, here's Stewart now. He chops another car length off that deficit to the race leader, Jeremy Mayfield. Mayfield's lead, four car lengths in turn four. Tony Stewart chased down Jeremy Mayfield completed the pass. Mayfield came back out of alongside. They were nearly dead even coming across the line, but Stewart hangs on for now, although Jeremy is still there, and Ricky Rudd right behind him in third. It's Jimmy Spencer fourth, and Steve Park fifth. 54 of 267 laps are complete. Tony Stewart has pulled away some 8 to 10 car lengths over Jeremy Mayfield. Ricky Rudd rides about four car lengths behind him in third place. They've left Jimmy Spencer in the dust, at least for the moment. Jimmy has fallen back to about a full second behind that lead pack. Now we're seeing a challenge for second place as they go back to turn one. Jeremy Mayfield's got the second spot. Ricky Rudd is trying to take it away. Mayfield's car sliding up the racetrack. Here comes Ricky Rudd to the inside. Rudd and Mayfield, a couple of Fords side by side for second off of turn two and down the back straightaway. They will stay that way all the way off the end of the back stretch. Maybe. No. Now Mayfield rallies back to the outside and amazingly holds off Rudd, who for a while appeared to have the momentum. Tony Stewart nearly has a full one second lead over this ongoing battle for second. Here's Rudd now, pouring on the steam, pulls down to the inside lane. Mayfield can only wave as he flashes by. Ricky's going to pick off the second spot. So Mayfield falls back in line in third. Jimmy Spencer fourth. Was a good battle going on for fifth, Mike Bagley, a few moments ago, but looks like Steve Park has given up. Yeah, he gave up because he had a hard-charging Bobby Labonte behind him. Labonte now breaks into the top five, used an inside lane move off of turn two the last time by. Now Bobby Labonte has bypassed Steve Park and is pulled away. Checking further back, some good race had been going on from 10th position on back, although Dale Earnhardt Jr. now is in the 10th spot, ahead of Jeff Gordon by a couple of car lengths, and then a gap of six more, back to Rusty Wallace. Take a look at the championship picture, the way it runs right now. We said earlier that Bobby Labonte needed only to finish fifth or better here this afternoon, and he would 
clinch the Winston Cup championship. He dropped back out of the top five a moment ago. Now he's back up there riding in fifth place. Dale Earnhardt, who would need to gain some points on him here today, is all the way back in 18th position. Earnhardt very lucky over there earlier this afternoon when we had that caution flag that took out some four cars. He went right through all the skidding cars that were bouncing off the wall and continues to run, so he is 18th, and Bobby Labonte rides in fifth place. No big surprise that Tony Stewart is leading here this afternoon. He won this race last year at the Homestead Miami Speedway, and of course has won five times already this year. He was good in all the practice sessions here over the weekend, and as we told you at the top of the broadcast, everyone considered him to be a solid threat to win this race today. His lead now has grown to over a full second over Ricky Rudd. Ricky's made a couple of runs at him. Jeremy Mayfield has been up there. Jimmy Spencer, of course, took the top spot early in the race here this afternoon, but looks like, Barney, at this stage of the race, Tony's just kind of settled in as the race leader, and no one seems to be able to do much with him. He's figured out how to run at the bottom of this racetrack. He did the same thing last year. When everybody else was getting up a half a lane from the bottom, that's why Tony was up there passing cars. Even when he fell back in the pack a time or two, was able to get back around. That is a whole key just a couple of drivers that we talked to when we came on the air this afternoon pointed that out, that if you can run at the bottom of the speedway, get through the corners pretty well, pick up the throttle coming off the turn, you won't lose any ground, and it's going to be hard for anybody to catch you if you get out front. Tony Stewart leads as he heads down the back straightaway. 62 laps are on the scoreboard. Ricky Rudd lost a little ground to him a moment ago. He was about seven-tenths of a second back. Now he is a full second plus, riding in the number two spot. Jeremy Mayfields continues to run a strong third. Jeremy Mayfields had to, we pointed this out a little bit earlier, Joe, that he's had kind of the season that Ricky Rudd has in one sense. Jeremy has either been red hot or ice cold. He, several times, about, what, six or seven races, he's been leading and lost an engine or got caught up in an accident. I didn't realize he had had 10 DNFs this season. Yeah, he's just had a terrible amount of uh, bad luck this year. A lot of times in position to win. I remember at Rockingham a few weeks ago. He was the man. Early in the race, we kind of figured, okay, he's going to walk away with this thing. Something went wrong, a mechanical problem. It seems like that's been his problem. He has not been the victim of crashes like many of the drivers have in situations like that. It seems to always be mechanical problems that have befallen them. And, of course, uh, they're working hard at the, the Penske South team trying to get all those uh, things corrected and uh, and make that car last throughout the whole race because, uh, you know, fast is good, but uh, making it last is really what counts. Let's pick up the 12th place battle. This has been a good one for a while. Dave Blaney back there, Kurt Busch, who's having a good run today, and even further behind them for 13th now, Jeff Burton's starting to close in, trying to pick off the spot in front of him. And Burton's been doing it the hard way, Joe. His car's been sliding up the racetrack, maybe a groove, a groove and a half, maybe even two grooves up the racetrack. It works now as he mounts an outside charge on Rusty Wallace. That'll be a battle for the 14th position. Wallace is down low. Jeff Burton is up high, coming off the end of the backstretch. And now Jeff Burton completes the pass to pick up the spot. Jeff Burton just kind of works his way up there all day long. As we you hear say several weeks when he doesn't qualify that well, just slowly but surely you look at the scoreboard. He's picked up five spots. You look at it 25 or 30 laps later, he's picked up a couple of more. And here at this racetrack this afternoon, he's picking his way up to the front. Appears to be a problem for John Andretti. He has dropped off the pace on the back straightaway, slowly making his way onto the pit lane in the Cheerios machine. A little puff of smoke Kurt Becker had looked like as he came over towards you in turn three. Yeah, by the time he came off the end of the backstretch, Joe, the car had slowed noticeably, and now he is just about to hit the pit lane. He was running in the 26th position at the time. We'll follow John Andretti as he slowly makes his way down the pit lane. Looks like he's going right behind the wall. So Andretti out early this afternoon. Here comes Ken Schrader also making a stop. And uh, Jim Phillips, I believe you told us we were looking around lap 85 or 87 for most of the stops. Uh, that's uh, 
uh, for the cars that's really not handling well at all. Uh, but we, uh, Mark Martin yesterday ran 60 laps on a set of tires, and they looked at those tires and said, guys, that's it on a set of tires. Just, uh, if you got the camber and everything set uh, the way it should be, they were flat wore out on the right side. So I think that's going to be the case today. These cars are heavier than a Bush car. Got more horsepower. Should wear them out just a little bit more. But we've got more rubber on the track today. They'll skate around a lot more today also. Ken Schrader is down and away, moving back onto the speedway, and Johnny Brinson brings his car to the attention of his pit crew. Let's cover that stop. Well, they just went a lap down, Barney, so they needed to come on in. We talked about the car being tight early on and now loose out during this last run. They've changed right side tires from around to the left side. We're going to make a chassis adjustment on the left side, crank out about three rounds of wedge on the left rear of the automobile. So four-tire stop, a significant chassis adjustment for Johnny Benson, and he's away. Here's Bobby Hamilton Sr. now making his way down the pit lane to come in for his stop. Also checking out some of the action on the racetrack, Dale Earnhardt Sr. just picked up a couple of positions. He went by Joe Nemechek and opened a lane down to the inside of the track to clear the car of Jerry Nadeau as well. Back to pit road. I'll check in with Johnny Andretti who pulled it back behind the wall. John, early afternoon, what happened? Well, um... Here's we broke a valve spring or something in the engine, so we're going to look at it and see if we can fix it and get back out. All right, the crew swarmed around the Cheerios Pontiac here to try to get it back up and going. Bobby Hamilton Jr. came in. Also, Brett Bodine was in. I think we mentioned Matt Kenseth. A few others now coming in. Here is Wally Dallenbach making his stop. Still waiting on the leaders to come in and get their service at this stage of the race. Looks like Ricky Rudd's going to cycle back around as the race leader coming across the line after Bobby Labonte made his stop. Had uh, three different uh, lead changes in that sequence. Ricky Rudd, then Bobby Labonte and Rudd back to the top position. Here's the way they're standing now after the green flag pit stops. It's Rudd by nine-tenths of a second over Tony Stewart. Jimmy Spencer is third. Fourth is Jeremy Mayfield. Fifth is Dale Jarrett. Sixth now, Jeff Gordon. Bobby Labonte is seventh. Steve Park is eighth. Mark Martin, ninth. And tenth is Dale Earnhardt Jr. And Winston Kelly, Dave Blaney having a great run here this afternoon. Coming off a great run last week at Phoenix. He's running 11th right now. Yeah, he was up in the top ten just before that round of pit stops. But Dave Blaney with a good, solid run. He had an eighth-place run last weekend. His best ever in a Winston Cup car. He started in 19th position. He's been making his way very steadily, very slowly up through the pack. And it's of note, a lot of the attention in the Ray Bestest Rookie of the Year award situation has been focused more on Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Matt Kenseth. But Dave Blaney and his team, led by Doug Randolph, has been steadily just making their way, getting experience, making their way up into the top 15 and now into the top 10. So a good run for the Amico team. Ricky Rudd leads. His lead is only a couple of car lengths. Tony Stewart is about to turn up the wick on him as they cross the start-finish line and work their way back into turn number one. They have caught Mike Skinner's car side-by-side for the lead in turn three. Tony Stewart goes to the inside of Ricky Rudd on the backstretch, completing the pass in turn three. Stewart is back to the front. Coming around on lap number 97, it'll be his seventh lead change, actually the eighth lead change among seven drivers this afternoon as Tony Stewart regains control of the Pennzoil 400. Behind him is Ricky Rudd. Rudd, just by a couple of car lengths, Jimmy Spencer, good ways back, riding in third, then Jeremy Mayfield and Dale Jarrett, the top five. Leaders work their way through turn two. Here they come back to the corner now, Tony Stewart closing in on more lap traffic, Mike Skinner and Bobby Hamilton directly ahead of the race leader. Waiting to see which direction Stewart's going to go. He started to go inside, but Mike Skinner's slower machine is there, and now Stewart goes low as well. Stewart makes that car stick at the bottom of the racetrack. He's trying to get underneath Mike Skinner off turn number four to put him a lap down as he works his way out of the corner. Not going to allow Ricky Rudd to gain any ground on him as Stewart will get around. Mike Skinner going into the corner. Ricky Rudd's got to do the same thing. Ricky Rudd will go to the inside. 
side of Bobby Hamilton and put pressure on Mike Skinner. Skinner has quickly gotten back in line, and he sits between race leader Tony Stewart and second place Ricky Rudd. Now Tony Stewart is on the back stretch. He's got about half the distance of the back straightaway before he'll catch the next pack of lap traffic. Ricky Rudd, however, still bottled up behind Mike Skinner. Pick up the seventh place battle now. It works his way off turn number two. Bobby Labonte was all over Mark Martin trying to complete the pass there. Not quite able to do it. Bobby Labonte just ahead of Martin as they head down to turn three. Racing back into the corner. First, here comes Martin off the end of the back stretch. Bobby Labonte in tow in turn four. Bobby would like to get a couple of more positions passed on the racetrack. Just sit up there around fifth place, and that's all he needs to do to win the championship here this afternoon if he can finish fifth or better. Tony Stewart cannot believe how well he's got that car dialed in here this afternoon. We're approaching 100 laps into the event. 99 are on the board. Tony leads Ricky Rudd, Jimmy Spencer, Jeremy Mayfield, and Dale Jarrett. Tony Stewart has caught that pack of traffic at the tail end of the field we were telling you about, and he's doing, Barney, what he's done all day, just chopping his way all through it, not slowing him down a bit. Tell you what, they've found a combination that works here at Homestead, the way Stewart's getting around this racetrack again today. Ricky Rudd loses a little more ground as they cross the line to the leader, Tony Stewart. He is now a full second and a half behind. Jimmy Spencer continues to hang in there in third. Jeremy Mayfield's got a very strong car here this afternoon. And another car we talked about during the commercial break that's beginning to move up a little bit is Jeff Gordon. He also is one of those drivers who can find a groove that works, even if the car is a little off kilter. He just seems to search around and do what he needs to do to stay up in the top five. Let's get a report out of his pit. Let's climb up here and talk to Robbie Loomis, the crew chief on the car. It's a little bit tight early on in the race. Going to lean down here and talk to us. Robbie has the car now. It's a little bit tight early on as he got it where he likes it. Well, right now he's really happy with it. I tell you, we, you know, we got off on Friday, but guys worked real hard. Right now he's really happy with it. Got some practice. We need a caution to get called back up. That's the thoughts of crew chief Robbie Loomis talking about him being off. He started back in the 28th position, just moved up into the top five, going for win number four of the 2000 season this weekend. We now count 21 cars still on the lead lap in the pace Tony Stewart setting, and that may change real quick. May not be any left except him, the way he's uh, cutting his way through this traffic. Let's uh, update you on the rookie class of the 2001 season, how some of those guys are doing. Casey Atwood now running in the 12th spot. We mentioned what a great uh, day he's having so far. The uh, other one, Kurt Busch, he's up to the 17th position, and Andy Houston is out of the race. He was involved in that crash with his teammate Scott Pruitt back on lap 24. It was unreal just a few years ago. really hasn't been that many years ago for a rookie to come in. I think Earl Ross might have been one of the first ones in the mid-80s somewhere along in there to come in and win a race in his rookie year. This year, we probably had the best crop of rookies that we have had in a long, long time, really being very truthful. About seven or eight guys started out chasing the rookie title, but this year, two two rookies have already won races. Matt Kenseth and Earnhardt Jr. won a couple. And again, it's going to be great for next year, too, with these guys we were just talking about. Uh, Kurt Busch and uh, Casey Atwood coming along. Uh, Andy Houston stepping in as well. Uh, I mean, having some tough breaks a little bit. You expect that, but uh, it's going to be a good rookie class going into the 2001 season. Let's check in on Pit Road now. Well, let's go back and talk to one of the uh, crew chiefs on the gentleman who's running pretty well. Ray Everham, the crew chief and team owner of Casey Atwood's car. Casey's doing a pretty good job. What's he saying about the car? He's doing a real good job. Right now we're just a little bit tight. Keep building up the right front tire pressure. Got to get it freed up. You know, uh, runs good early, but we're just a little bit too tight. We got to get that thing to roll the middle a little bit better. That's Ray Everham, the team owner and crew chief on Casey Atwood's car. Started fifth while he's dropped back just a little bit. A tight race car still hanging in there. 
position. And doing a real good job, Casey Atwood is here this afternoon. Tony Stewart continues to set the pace. Ricky Rudd has chopped a little bit off of his lead a moment ago. He was a second and a half behind. He's cut it down to one and one-tenth seconds. He's in turn three. And Tony Stewart, the race leader, had a heck of a time getting around Bill Elliott. Finally, he was able to put Elliott a lap down, and he races now off the corner. Jimmy Spencer rides along back in the third position, and he's about to have some company. Jeremy Mayfield is starting to track down Spencer. Mayfield just hugging the inside of the racetrack a little better than Spencer is and picking up ground on him each time by. Now there is one slower car separating the two. That is Sterling Marlin. Here is Jeremy Mayfield now diving to the inside of the racetrack, trying to clear Sterling Marlin so he can catch Jimmy Spencer. Trying to make up some ground this time, coming into the corner, and what will help Mayfield is the fact that Sterling Marlin's car slides up off the bottom of the racetrack and it opens the inside lane for Mayfield on the backstretch. Mayfield has plenty of room downstairs. He's going to take advantage of that. Here's Mayfield racing back into the corner, bypassing the lap car of Sterling Marland. Jeremy Mayfield gets by him. Now he needs to chase down Jimmy Spencer, but he's still got a long ways to go before he'll get up there and run him down. Back to pit road. Let's talk to Michael McSwain, crew chief of Ricky Rudd. They've been close to Tony Stewart. Michael, you're close to Tony. How, how are you going to get by him now? Uh, we're pretty good on the long run. Uh, looks like a race might be going to be a long run race. That's kind of how we're set. How, how is this track changing? Uh, it gets loose and tight, loose and tight. It's going to get loose now. Sun come back out. Uh, but Tesco Ford's been real good. Uh, we'll see if we can't take her on into Victor Lane. Michael McSwain, crew chief for Ricky Rudd. Uh, they're really close. Uh, they just need a break or two, and they'll wind up victory lane maybe today. The leader heads out of turn number two, and shortly he's going to run down a pack of traffic, about six cars directly ahead. If he gets hung up there, it might allow Ricky to catch him. They go to three. Tony Stewart, the race leader, having just gotten around Bobby Hamilton Jr. Up next, he'll be closing in behind Joe Nemechek. Got 28 cars shown on the lead lap now. Actually, that's not correct. It's recycling. I think we had 20 cars on the lead lap, and we'll pick that up as soon as they complete this lap. Tony Stewart out front by 1.3 seconds. Ricky Rudd behind him. Those cars seem to be pretty evenly matched right now because Rudd's not losing any ground, but yet not gaining any either. Jimmy Spencer is third. Jeremy Mayfield fourth. And Jeff Gordon is fifth. Mark Martin runs sixth now with Dale Jarrett in seventh. Bobby Labonte eighth. Steve Park ninth. And Dave Blaney in the tenth position. Eleventh is Dale Earnhardt Jr. Casey Atwood is twelfth. Brett Bodine is thirteenth. Fourteenth is Rusty Wallace. Fifteenth is Jeff Burden. Sixteenth, Jerry Nadeau. Seventeenth is Kurt Bush. 18th, Dale Earnhardt. 19th is Joe Nemechek. And 20th is Bill Elliott. Mike Skinner runs in 21st now. Looks like those are the cars on the lead lap with Matt Kenseth in 22nd, Robert Presley 23rd, Terry Labonte 24th, and Sterling Marlin 25th. Let's take you on back. Johnny Benson now in 26th, Elliott Sadler 27th, Wally Dallenbach is 28th, Kenny Wallace is 29th, and Rick Mast is 30th. Kevin LePage shown in 31st, Bobby Hamilton Jr. is 32nd, Ken Schrader 33rd, Bobby Hamilton 34th, Michael Waltrip 35th. Darrell Waltrip behind the wall and back a couple of times. He's shown 36 now. John Andretti is out of the race. He's 37th. Also out, Ward Burton, Stacy Compton, Mike Bliss, Jeffrey Bodine, Andy Houston, and Scott Pruitt. And the attrition rate is way, way ahead of what it was last year when they first came here and ran the inaugural event at this speedway for the Winston Cup cars. 
Just amazing how well Tony Stewart continues to get around this racetrack. It doesn't seem that when Tony finds the first round of pit stops, so to speak, when he goes out there and runs maybe a 50 or 60 lap run at any racetrack, and he is good nine times out of ten, he stays that way all day long. Yeah, they seem to adjust uh, no matter what happens weather-wise on the racetrack or what happens to the car. They can make the adjustments and keep him up front and keep him moving away from the rest of the field. We've completed 119 of 267 laps, making up the Pennzoil 400 this afternoon here at the Homestead Miami Speedway. Joe Moore and Barney Hall bringing you live coverage. Our last race broadcast of the 2000 season. Covering the action of the turns today, Mike Bagley and Kurt Becker on pit road. Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Jason Toy. It is Tony Stewart leading the way, but Barney, he's having some trouble getting by Dale Earnhardt. That's allowed Ricky Rudd to tighten up. Yeah, Ricky's only a couple of car lengths behind him. Stewart and Earnhardt almost got together going through three and four just a moment ago and Tony's trying to get underneath Dale over in turn two now. He's got a shot, Barney. Earnhardt slides up the racetrack. The inside lane has opened up, and here comes Tony Stewart down to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. Here's Stewart's white and orange Pontiac to the inside of the black Chevrolet of Earnhardt. Earnhardt is strong in the outside lane on the backstretch, but again, he washes wide in the corner. Dale's doing everything he can to keep from losing a lap, but it's to no avail. Here comes Stewart getting the advantage as it come off turn number four. Earnhardt just slid a little bit too wide. Stewart gets by and puts a lap on Earnhardt, who was running in the 18th position. Now Ricky Rudd's going to have to fight Dale to try to get by. They race into turn one. Yeah, Ricky Rudd now, it is his turn to step up and bypass the lap car of Dale Earnhardt. Again, Earnhardt sliding wide through turns one and two. Ricky Rudd had a shot there for just a second, but has to get back in line. And Rudd again starts a move to the inside of Earnhardt at the midpoint of the backstretch. One more time, however, he backs away and gets back into line. Ricky Rudd has Dale Earnhardt between himself and the leader trying to get around Dale and stay with Tony Stewart. Tony leads, Ricky Rudd rides second, Jimmy Spencer still a very strong third, Jeremy Mayfield's fourth, and Jeff Gordon make up the top five, and Ricky just having no luck at all getting around Dale Earnhardt to stay with Tony Stewart as they go to turns one and two. Yeah, Ricky Rudd is trapped behind Dale Earnhardt, but again, Rudd has a shot as Earnhardt slides wider up the racetrack. Here is Rudd, firmly in the inside lane, has a run on him off turn two. Rudd came strong off the bottom of the corner. Earnhardt just as strong, however, at the top side of the back stretch. Now they ride door to door, racing back through the corner. Dale Earnhardt's just a hard guy to pass. If he don't want you to get by, he's not going to let you get by. He holds up Ricky Rudd now as Tony Stewart drives off. Now I'm wondering how much Tony punished the race car and how much uh, instructions he got from his crew chief Greg Zipidelli there in not pushing the car too hard. Jim Phillips is down in that pit. Uh, were they concerned about maybe uh, abusing the tires or Jim? Well, let's uh, ask his crew chief uh, Greg Zipidelli about uh, the encounter here and what their thoughts are right now. Greg, you've had a great race car so far. How much do you use it up right then? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. I said, how much do you use the car up right then? Oh, I don't know. He's just being patient and smooth. Uh, our tires look really good on that first stop, that long run, so uh, I don't think we have any problems. He's, uh, he's doing a great job today in this whole deep Pontiac. Not many changes? No, we put a half around the wedge in it and a uh, half a pound of air pressure, just little things. And they're uh, really calm down here, guys. Uh, it looks like the faces of, of a leading pit, I'll guarantee you that, because everybody's calm sitting on the pit wall and relaxing and watching uh, Tony Stewart 
do his work. Yeah, we know just how good that race car is. Darrell Waltrip has gone behind the wall. Let's see if we can hear from him. Well, Darrell's already made his way out to uh, the helicopter waiting to fly out of here, but he ended up losing the handling on the car after making contact with another driver. On the driver's side, they broke a shock. It just could not get the handling back underneath control for Daryl Waltrip, so he'll make his way to Atlanta with one provisional for next week to make his final race. Daryl's final race of his career. As we told you, this 2000 season winding down for us. We'll be back next year. Of course, Daryl will be back doing some TV work, but will be out of the driver's seat. And that has uh, certainly got to be a big change for him. I spoke with him some the other day about that, this kind of a, a life-changing uh, uh, deal he's going through going into next season. And he said it was tough, but he's talked to some folks who have uh, followed in those footsteps before. Well, you know, I talked to Richard Petty a lot, and uh, it was kind of hard on him. Same kind of deal. That's all he'd ever done. And uh, we get so uh, hung up in in the fact that we think that the car and our number and our uniform, that's our identity. And uh, there truly is life after racing. And you just have to be ready for that and know it's going to be a little different. I'm fortunate that I'm going to be able to stay in the sport, stay involved, still be here every weekend for a while. And that makes it a little easier for me. If I knew I was walking out of here cold turkey never to come back again, I might be having a little different attitude. <laughs> Matter of fact, Darrell also said that uh, don't be surprised if maybe he doesn't come back and do some substitute races next year, which just shows you can't give this thing up. Hard to get it out of your blood. And Darrell has meant an awful lot to this sport. And it, it really, the, sadly, half the fans that have watched him in the last couple of years were not here in his heyday when Darrell was one of the best in the business. He gave us all a lot of thrills for a good 10 or 12 years. He's a, he was a good Winston Cup champion. He's done a lot for this sport. And I think he'll do a lot in the television booth also. He'll present some sides that maybe other folks uh, have not been able to look at. Being a driver and being in that race car, he can certainly present a perspective that we can't. He's, uh, he's one of those types of guys who's just a great storyteller. No matter what he approaches to try to tell you about, he makes it seem interesting and funny. And I know over the years since I've been involved here, it's been a pleasure to interview Darrell Waltrip. Even on a bad day, he makes it sound pretty interesting. Tony Stewart's lead is now 1.1 second over Ricky Rudd. Rudd hadn't been able to shut down a whole lot of distance, even though they've caught traffic a couple of times. And even Dale Earnhardt couldn't uh, hold back Tony Stewart for very long. Jimmy Spencer's third. Jeremy Mayfield is fourth. Jeff Gordon has broken into the top five. Now he's in the fifth position. Sixth is Mark Martin. Bobby Labonte, the championship leader, rides seventh. Eighth is Steve Park. Ninth is Dale Jarrett. Dave Blaney still having a good day. He is in the tenth position. Taking you back further in the field, eleventh is Dale Earnhardt Jr., Casey Atwood is 12th. Brett Bodine having a good day. He's 13th now. 14th is Jeff Burton. Rusty Wallace is 15th. And 16th is Jerry Nadeau. Kurt Busch now shown as the last car on the lead lap in the 17th spot. 134 laps are on the board as Tony Stewart leads Ricky Rudd by a second and a half right now. Jimmy Spencer continues to have a good day. Jimmy hangs in there in third. Jeremy Mayfield is fourth. Jeff Gordon is fifth. Mark Martin rides sixth. Bobby Labonte a couple of spots away from where he would like to be should this race uh, conclude a little bit early. He needs to finish fifth or better to lock up the Winston Cup championship. Eighth is Steve Park. Dale Jarrett is ninth. And Dave Blaney having a super day. Dave is up in tenth position. Get some reports on pit road right now. First, let's go down and hear what's going on in Dale Jarrett's pit. We thought he might be up in the top five most of the day, but not the case. Winston Kelly? Well, he's not. He's still got a solid top ten run going in a car that he ran at Darlington. See if we can get a quick comment from Todd Parrott. A decent day, but not a great day. What's he saying about the car? Loose. Uh, just loose in, loose everywhere right now. Need one of them caution flags if we could get one somewhere. 
to uh, get it get it fixed up. We'll see if our buddy Digger can throw something out on the track so you can get that caution flag. Talking about Digger Shook, who keeps the lap times up there sitting on the pit box for Todd Parrott. He says the car is extremely loose. Even though he's got a decent run going, he's hanging there in the top ten. But he needs a caution flag so they can make some chassis adjustments. Also, a moment ago, we were looking to see where Jeff Burton was running, and uh, he's been making a little progress, but not near as much as he would like to, although starting back where he did and to get up to 13th position where he is right now, not having a bad day. Let's see if we can get a word out of his pit. Well, let's see if we can check in with Frankie Stoddard. Frankie's up here talking to his driver right now. On top of the war wagon up here. And let's talk to Jeff Burton working around. Frankie, you guys are back there. What is it going to take to get you up towards the front? You got some debris you can throw on the racetrack for us? Uh, that's really what we need is a caution. We uh, we overshot our pit. They had a little miscommunication on pit road. But uh, Jeff's done a great job with the Sitco Superguard car trying to get us back into contention here. If we could get a caution, we'd have a race this afternoon. Seems to be a common thing out here at pit road. Crew chiefs wanting caution flags and... Maybe wanting a little bit of help from the guys on top of the press box. That's uh, Frankie Sauter, the crew chief for Jeff Burton. I'll tell you what, with the speed that Tony Stewart is turning, the laps he's running around this racetrack, everybody would love to see a caution flag to make some changes because he's just running away with this thing. Now uh, he's lapped all but the top 15 cars. And we're just past the halfway mark in the race. Again, Tony Stewart is the race leader. He took the lead on lap 97, has led two times today for a total of 77 laps. Tony Stewart leading the most laps so far, two times for 77 laps. I think I said that twice, didn't I? There's been seven lead changes among ten different drivers today. We've had two caution flags. And out of the race, the cars of Andy Houston, Scott Pruitt, Mike Bliss, Ward Burton is out, Jeffrey Bodine, John Andretti, and Daryl Waltrip. Bobby Labonte hoping to clinch the Winston Cup championship would be his first if he could do it here this afternoon, if he finishes fifth or better. We're seeing a couple of pit stops a moment ago. I think Ken Schrader is in. Terry Labonte is not having a good day at all. Terry is back in 32nd position. He has made several unscheduled stops. Now he goes back onto the racetrack. Johnny Benson not having the day he anticipated he would have also. Here comes John back into the pits. Benson uh, has had a real tough afternoon here at Homestead thus far. He's being shown back in 30th position. Let's cover his stop. All right, the crew going to work on the right side of Benson's Pontiac and a car that he finished fifth at Michigan. They were hoping for a much better day today. We talked about the car being tight early on. Then it got extremely loose. They're going to make another chassis adjustment, this time with wedge in the left side of the automobile. One more time. Second can of 76 fuel going in. An 18.19 stop for the James Inslet crew. Jim Phillips, what do we expect as far as some of the race leaders? Uh, most of them came in back on lap 91. When would we expect them again? Well, let's talk uh, to the championship leader, uh, crew chief, Jimmy Maycards. He's been pretty steady so far for you, Jimmy. How's the car right now? We're over halfway. Uh, we're not too bad. Uh, been, uh, been a little bit loose, been a little bit tight. Can't seem to get quite on the, on the spot we need to be. Uh, there's a couple cars here that are a lot better than us, but uh, we're working on it. Uh, the Interstate Battery Pontiac is uh, kind of where we want to be right now. We just try to get the car a little better for Bobby and uh, get to where he can go to work. Is this a track where you have to make subtle changes? It, it seems that way for us anyway. Uh, you know, we're just making small changes with a uh, little bit of wedge, a little track bar, and a little bit of air pressure, but small changes nonetheless. So it's small changes for the championship leader, Bobby Labonte. Crew Chief Jimmy Maycart expecting the pit with about 15 laps or so for him. 
and uh, we expect him to come in, take on four tires, minor adjustments, and uh, send him back out on the truck. Bobby Labonte has got a chance to maybe pick up another spot. He has been closing in on Mark Martin for the last four or five laps around the speedway. Mark is riding six, and Bobby Labonte is seventh. While the race is pretty well spread out, talk a little bit about Joe Gibbs' race teams. He hasn't been here all that long. Joe, uh, kind of a newcomer in one sense, been around a few years in Winston Cup. Jim Phillips, you've had an opportunity to observe that team. You're down on pit road every weekend. Joe is a hands-on car owner. He came in, he surrounded himself with good people, did his homework in this business, put together a championship team, now has a couple of race teams that have been very successful, and it seems like the guys that come in this business are hands-on car owners. In other words, they're there almost every day. They keep tabs on everything going on. Seem to do a little bit better. You know, he's got two teams, Marty. The man is in both pits every Sunday. He's right here every Sunday. Unless, you know, uh, maybe be an illness or something he has to attend to. But I'm telling you, this guy's a hands-on owner. And the guys that I talk to love working for him. They say the man's the best, but he gives you the respect of being the best. And that's all you expect if you work for someone. Rusty Wallace is in the pits right now. He's uh, been loose for most of the day. He's getting a chassis adjustment and four tires. 15.3 on the stop for Rusty Wallace as we continue now to see more green flag stops. We're at lap 143. Tell you what, this long green flag run has really stretched this field out. It really made some separation between positions. Well, we kind of figured we'd see some stops coming pretty shortly. Rusty, the first of the lead lap cars, albeit the last of the lead lap cars, coming in to make his stop. Some other stops we saw. Elliot Sadler in. Also, uh, let's see, we had the car in a few moments ago of uh, Sterling Marlin. Jerry Nadeau completed his stop as well. Let's go down to Jason Toy and pick up the Sadler stop. Sadler goes to the right side. Now they move to the left side. Top it off the fuel tanks. Four new fresh Goodyear Eagles. Back behind him, Matt Kenseth. Also coming in right now is Jeff Burton in the the Superguard Dodge. The crew goes to the right side now. They top it off the fuel tank. One pump of the jack. They get it up. Little trouble with the left rear on the Goodyear. They get it now on set. Swing around towards the left side. They're already working on the left side. Get the jack up again with one pump. Pull off the two tires, and Jeff Burton's going to be pulling away. Also in here, Bobby Hamilton, Jr. 148 laps in the record books. Tony Stewart continues to lead. Ricky Rudd, Jimmy Spencer, Jeremy Mayfield, and Jeff Gordon. Let's pick up another race going on for the ninth position. This has been good for a while. Steve Park has the spot. Jeff Burton behind him. Dale Jarrett also in that pack as they shuffle off to turn one. Single bottle come back to the corner. Steve Park has some breathing room. He's got about two car lengths on Jeff Burton. Burton's car sliding up the racetrack. And then behind him, got Dale Jarrett. He sits about three car lengths behind the Burton machine. And all of this going on from ninth position on back. This time, that group of traffic will go single file off the end of the backstretch and through turn four. Steve Park is in ninth position. Jeff Burton is now back to tenth. Dale Jarrett is eleventh. Casey Atwood continues to have a good day. He and Dale Jarrett had been having a pretty good race a little bit earlier. Casey's getting a lot of seat time here this afternoon. He's made some good moves, been very impressive. Right now, he's working his way around Kenny Wallace as he heads back off into turn number one. Tell you who else has had a solid day. Brett Bodine continues to show well. He qualified well. He is now running in 14th position, not having a bad day at all. Certainly so. Matter of fact, he just picked up another spot. Barney going off to turn number one. Brett swept down to the inside of Rusty Wallace, completely the pass, and now he's trying to close in on the next car in line as he hits down the back straightaway, wants to catch Casey Atwood there. Brett Bodine is up to the 14th position now, comes back into turn number three. He'll deal next with the Mike Skinner car and then Kenny Wallace, and then he will be chasing Casey Atwood. And you really hope Brett has a good finish here this afternoon. He would like to close out the season in these final two races with a top 10 at least and he 
working very under finance. That race team has got some good people on it. And with just a little luck, he could have had a whole lot better year than he's had. But he's struggled right now, 13th, hoping to get up into the top 10. Laps continue to pile up, 172 on the board. And for the moment, Bobby Labonte's chances to clinch the Winston Cup championship here look awfully good. Certainly so. He rides along in the seventh position. And again, the scenario we're working under at this time, since he's led at least a lap already today, he only has to finish sixth or better. And that's even if Dale Earnhardt wins the race. Now, on Dale Earnhardt's side of the thing here, of course, he wants to try to win the race and just hope that something could go wrong. He's been in this business long enough to where he's seen situations occur. And as I say, that's racing. Anything can happen. But Dale says he just doesn't have a whole lot of control control of this deal well really you just got to go out and try to win it's not a situation where to anything i can do uh, if bobby doesn't have a problem and i just you know just do what we can it's just one of those deals you just go race uh take it as a race that you try to win and uh Go from there. There ain't really nothing you can do. Dale's seen a whole lot of these uh, championship battles over his time in the NASCAR Winston Cup racing and doesn't get very excited about it. Either way it goes. As it stands now, he runs 19th, one lap down to Bobby Labonte, who's in the seventh position on the lead lap. The Winston Cup points battle also for second place. Jeff Burton was only eight points behind Dale Earnhardt starting today's race. And right now, if they finished anywhere near like they're running, Jeff Burton would move into the number two spot in the Winston Cup championship chase. A lot of money up for grabs. The Winston Cup champion it will get $3 million a few weeks from now on the Waldorf Astoria stage. That's unreal. The champion gets $3 million. Second place pays a million and fifty thousand. That's just hard to believe. You know what? It's really amazing if you look back at some of the uh, the old rundowns from races and look at the the purse for individual races. In many cases today, the purse for a race, even the champion share of the purse, if you go way back, is larger than the entire season championship was some twenty years ago or so. So it certainly has come a long ways. There's a lot on the line when these guys bring these cars out to race. Ten million dollar point fund is what is up for grabs here as the season winds down in the Winston Cup Chase. For the championship. Ricky Rudd leads. 175 laps are complete. Jimmy Spencer had had a good day going. Still does have. He has dropped back to fifth position. Jeff Gordon chased him around here for about five or six laps. Stayed on his bumper. Jimmy did everything he could to hang on to fourth place, but Jeff Gordon has taken it away. So it is still Ricky Rudd leading at lap 180. Tony Stewart is second. Jeremy Mayfield is third. Jeff Gordon is fourth. Jimmy Spencer's dropped back to fifth. Mark Martin rides sixth. Bobby Labonte is seventh. Dave Blaney is eighth. Steve Park is ninth. And Dale Jarrett make up her top ten. If things stay like they are right now, Bobby Labonte would clinch the championship. His lead is 258 points over Dale Earnhardt. All he need is 186 to clinch the championship here today at the Homestead Miami Speedway. We talked about a lot of drivers wanting to finish the season strong in these final two races here at Homestead and in Atlanta when they go down there. Drivers who have not won in the year 2000. We talked about Ricky Rudd. Amazing that he hasn't won one. Ricky's had 12 top fives. He's finished second. That's as close as he's been able to do. Mike Skinner has had some good runs this year. Has not won. Skinner's best finish in the 2000 season has been a second. Johnny Benson, who has gotten stronger as the season went on. Johnny's also looking for a win. He has finished second uh, at least once this year. Has not won. Joe Nemechek has run third a couple of times. Nemechek would like to get a win to close out the season. Terry Labonte has finished second. That's the best he's done this year. Sterling 
Sterling Marlin also has had a couple of good runs. He has finished second. John Andretti seventh and Bobby Hamilton seventh. It's a pretty good list of drivers right there and some really good race teams that have not got a win. They've been close, but have just have not gotten a win. Talking about being close, that's the way the battle for the lead is going on right now. Tony Stewart has chased down Ricky Rudd, has made a couple of runs at him, going off into turns one and two. Rudd driving defensively, keeping the inside lane open up. Let's see what happens this time in turn one. Well, it's taken him a while to do it, but Tony Stewart has caught Ricky Rudd, and here he goes down to the inside in turn two. Rudd's car slides up the racetrack. Tony Stewart's Pontiac to the inside of Ricky Rudd's Ford on the backstretch. Tony Stewart and Ricky Rudd fighting hard for the race lead off the end of the backstretch. Rudd maintains the position in the outside lane, but not strong enough to hold off Stewart. Tony said earlier this afternoon that if you can run the bottom of the racetrack, you can probably win this thing, and that's exactly what he's been able to do. Ricky's car's been good, too, but Ricky slid up just a little bit going through one and two. He's lost the lead now, and Tony Stewart pulls away by one car length as they go back to one. And they're going to be encountering some more lap traffic. Casey Atwood and Matt Kenseth are in front of the race leaders. Rudd staying in Stewart's tire tracks now as they come off of turn two and swing wide up against the outside wall off of two. They'll stay that way, nose to tail. Rudd just going to follow Stewart as they come back into turn number three as Stewart again closes in behind Casey Atwood. That becomes a 12th lead change of the day among seven different drivers. Tony Stewart take it over on lap 184 with Ricky Rudd falling back into the second spot. Taking the championship scenario a step further, we told you about Bobby Labonte and the way things stand now. He would take the championship if they stay as they are with Bobby Labonte running 7th and Dale Earnhardt running back uh, in the present time in 19th position. As far as the battle for the second position, Jeff Burton would win that if things stayed the way they are now because Burton is running so much better than Earnhardt. He's 11th and again, Earnhardt back in the 19th spot, one lap down. Let's check in on Pit Road. Let's find out what happened, uh, has happened to the Bud Pole winner, Steve uh, Park, with his crew chief, Paul Andrews. Paul, you fall him back tonight, but you've been staying in that position. How about your car? Well, car's been a little tight, been a little loose. You know, it's pretty good right now. We're kind of holding on in front of the leader. Problem is, we're just too far back. You know, um, we really would like a caution right now. They won't be okay. We probably still got a good top five car. We just need to get up, get on up there, and have a caution. How many more pit stops are we looking at? Looks like one more. One more pit stop, guys. That's what uh, just about everybody's looking at down here to make that final adjustment. But like he said, for a lot of these gentlemen running uh, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and all that, if we don't have a caution, it's going to be a long separation at the finish. It really is that because the pace that Ricky Rudd, had when he's been leading, and Tony Stewart has set is going to just lap just about everybody. He just moved around. Casey Atwood a moment ago, who is running 12th, and now there are only 11 cars on the lead lap. Unreal how how strong the front two have been here all afternoon. They go back over to turn two. Coming off turn two, they just put a lap on Wally Dallenbach, or at least Tony Stewart has. And now Ricky Rudd will try to find a way around the Dallenbach car. It's a similar pattern to what we saw earlier today. Once Tony Stewart has gotten to the lead, he's beginning to get away from the field off turn four. Here's Ricky Rudd now working down to the inside of Wally Dallenbach, trying to clear that car. He just wants to keep sight of Tony Stewart. So when they do come in to make their final pit stop, which is the way it should set up, unless we should have another caution or two, that he'll be close enough to make up some ground possibly on the pit lane. Let's follow the leaders back through turns one and two. They go foul, they'll come back to the corner. Tony Stewart has left Ricky Rudd by about a second or so off the corner now. The next lap car that the race leader will encounter will be Michael Waltrip. Here comes the leader, Tony Stewart, again off the end of the back straightaway, closing in behind Michael Waltrip's lapped car in turn four. 
Work their way up through turn three and four. We'll be coming off the corner and heading back into the front straightaway. About to put 189 laps on the board. 267 will make up the event here this afternoon. These cars are out of the event in case you just tuned in and wonder why we're not talking about them. Darrell Waltrip retired for the day. John Andretti's car is out. Ward Burton behind the wall. Mike Bliss, Jeffrey Bodine, Andy Houston, and Scott Pruitt. Quickly through the top ten, Tony Stewart, Ricky Rudd, Jeremy Mayfield, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Spencer, your top five. Mark Martin rides sixth, Bobby Labonte seventh, Dave Blaney eighth, Steve Park ninth, and Dale Jarrett is tenth, and they're pretty well strung out around this racetrack. MRN Radio live this afternoon at the Homestead Miami Speedway in South Florida, bringing you our last race broadcast of the 2000 season, the Pennzoil 400. I'm Joe Moore along with Barney Hall covering the action on pit road today. Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Jason Toy. Mike Bagley and Kurt Becker out in the turns this afternoon afternoon. We are just 77 laps from the finish. 12 lead changes so far today among seven different drivers. Right now, it is Tony Stewart showing the way. Only two cautions. One of them, Scott Pruitt and Andy Houston got together in turn four on lap 24, and then on lap 32, a four-car pileup on the back straightaway between Ward Burton, Jeffrey Bodine, Mike Bliss, and Stacy Compton. In the garage out of the race already, Darrell Waltrip, John Andretti, Stacy Compton, Ward Burton, Mike Bliss, Jeffrey Bodine, Andy Houston, and Scott Pruitt. There are 11 cars on the lead lap. They are Tony Stewart, Ricky Rudd, Jeremy Mayfield, Jeff Gordon, and Jimmy Spencer. That's the top five. Six is Mark Martin. Bobby Labonte is seventh. Eighth is Dave Blaney. Ninth is Steve Park. And Dale Jarrett is tenth. Eleventh is Jeff Burton. One lap down and twelfth is Casey Atwood. Thirteenth is Brett Bodine. Fourteenth is Jerry Nadeau. Fifteenth is Dale Earnhardt Jr. Sixteenth is Rusty Wallace. Kurt Busch in seventeenth. Dale Earnhardt is eighteenth. Nineteenth is Bill Elliott. And twentieth is Joe Nemechek. Twenty-first is Robert Presley, 22nd, Matt Kenseth, 23rd is Mike Skinner, 24th is Sterling Marlin, and 25th is Terry Labonte. Elliot Sadler rides 26th, Rick Mast is 27th, Kenny Wallace is 28th, Kevin LePage is 29th, and Wally Dallenbach is 30th. Bobby Hamilton Jr., 31st, Johnny Benson is 32nd, Michael Waltrip, 33rd, Ken Schrader, 34th, and Bobby Hamilton runs in the 35th position. Championship scenario, Bobby Labonte would clinch it if things ended as they're running right now. He presently has has a 258-point lead and only needs 186 points to wrap it up today. Second place would also change if it stays as it is right now because Jeff Burton is running so far ahead of Dale Earnhardt. They're only separated in the championship point standings by eight points. Tony Stewart's lead over Ricky Rudd is now 2.1 seconds. Jeremy Mayfield runs believe this 16 seconds back in third Jeff Gordon is fourth and fifth now Jimmy Spencer 70 laps remaining and Jim Phillips uh, how soon should we expect some pit stops well Joey uh, a lot of these guys pitted about lap 150 so I figure they go 60 laps safely on the tires I figure about uh, 210 for them and some of the others have been in a little bit early and uh, even Rusty Wallace, he came in and pitted on lap 192. Rusty's car just ill handling all day. That's the reason for his stop. But I expect most of them lap 205 to lap 210 to make their last stop. Can't believe how Tony Stewart continues to put everybody a lap down. He just got around Dale Jarrett a moment ago. Unreal. Just yeah. absolutely unreal how good that car is. Only nine cars now left on the lead lap. An amazing performance this afternoon by Tony Stewart. He won this race last year, and uh, it kind of similar as far as the cautions. There were was only one caution flag that uh, came out last year's race. So far, only two here this afternoon. And, of course, that makes a whole lot of difference. But it says a lot for a team that can make the adjustments for a car 
in just those two stops and make it retain its strength, to make it uh, retain its superiority, if you will, throughout these long runs. Everybody else you see falling off. Guys who were in the top five, guys like Steve Park, who was uh, on the bud pole here this afternoon, dropping back. He's now running in the eighth position. Jeff Burton uh, dropping back a bit. Other cars that uh, were strong in the early going, just not able to last the long run. But the setup on this car, obviously perfect. Tell you what, the unsung heroes in this business, the drivers get all the credit. They go out there and they are the superstars come Sunday. But Jim Phillips and Winston Kelly, you guys are in the pits every week. The guys that really make these things work and make these race teams work are the teams. They put in hours at the shop that we wouldn't believe. They put in hours at the racetrack. The only time the fans see them is when they roll out on the pit road, set up the pit boxes, make the stops, and then do their thing on Sunday. But most of those guys are here at the break of day, even from the first day we practice right through the second day and then, of course, race day Sunday. But they're truly the unsung heroes in this business. Marty, where Tony Stewart's lead started, like you said, back at the shop, that lead started that car was prepared just about perfect before it was ever loaded on the truck. And all they had to do this weekend is kind of tinker with it, as we call it, make minor changes to it. They came here ready. They tested. They knew what they had to have. And it's paid off for them this afternoon. Winston? Well, in that last pit stop, it's indicative of that 14.91 seconds for the crew. And talking about the work schedule that these guys have, they essentially work seven days a week. They'll go back to the shop tomorrow morning. They'll fly home tonight, start back in the shop tomorrow morning, and then work up until Thursday and then travel down to the Atlanta Motor Speedway and then be at the track, as you said, at least by 7 o'clock on Friday morning. We got here this morning at about 10 minutes to 7, and all the crews were lined up outside the garage area waiting to go to work. We also left after the bush race yesterday after 5 o'clock, and many of the teams were still here tinkering on the cars. One of the race fans who was in the garage area walked by and mentioned he said it's amazing that the tarp is still not on they're still working on the 18 car talking about Bobby Labonte's car and then he said maybe that's why they're the championship points leader so a lot of work goes on throughout the week by these pit crews. Dale Earnhardt slows on the racetrack. He washed up kind of wide in turn number four, then slowed going down the back straightaway. Now he peels off the banking in turn number three, and Earnhardt is headed to pit road. Now there are several other cars coming in as well. Casey Atwood will come in and make his stop. These should be the final stops of the day. Let's follow Earnhardt's stop. Here's Jason Toy. Dale Earnhardt brings the Goodwin Chevrolet. They immediately go to the right side of the car. As they get two pumps with Jack, they swing back around now towards the left side, top off the fuel tank, put four fresh Goodyear Eagles on. They're going to be good to go the rest of the way. Casey Atwood also in in front of Winston Kelly. And the crew working on the right side of the car. The uh, Ray Evernham-led crew, a couple of pit stalls ahead of that, is the Jer- the, uh, the car of Jerry Nadeau. They're working on the right side of that automobile as well. Four tires for the Ford of Casey Atwood. It's going to be four tires for the Chevrolet of Jerry Nadeau. Very routine stops as we're waiting for the leader to come in in about another five or six laps. Dave Laney is on pit road. Matt Kenseth is on pit road. Jerry Nadeau makes his pit stop and before this, this stops we just described a moment ago I believe Jeff Burton was on pit road also guys. Here's Jeremy Mayfield peeling off the banking, coming down for service from the Mobile One team. Also, we told you Dave Blaney. He's completing the service on his car. Mayfield gives up the seventh position to come in and make his stop. Here's Bobby Hamilton Jr. coming in. I believe that's Joe Nemechek peeling off the banking. Brett Bodine has been running in the top ten for most of the afternoon. Matter of fact, in the tenth spot most recently, he comes off the banking and comes in for service on his car. Let's cover the Brett Bodine stop now as he makes his way down the pit lane. Well, Brett's had a pretty good day, like you guys said, 
haven't seen him make a, a lot of changes on his Ford today. And uh, this Pittsburgh's done a pretty good job. Mike Kilman, who came over uh, later this season, has really made a difference in Brett Bodine's team this year for this part, second half of the season. The comes to stop, smooth stop. The pit board is out for Dale Earnhardt Jr. He comes into his pit stall. Also, the pit board is out for Kurt Busch to come in. Left side tires now going on uh, Brett Bodine's car. 76 fuel going in, second can. Let's see how Bodine's crew can do against the rest. 17 seconds flat, but they're being assessed a penalty on their particular stop. Jeff Gordon is in. Let's cover his stop. Well, Gordon just completed a four-tire stop. They've been steadily working their way to the front. They were currently running in the sixth position after starting back in 28th. It was a routine four-tire stop in 76 gasoline. Again, we're waiting on the leader to come in in the next few laps. The pit board's getting ready to go out for Jimmy Spencer and Dale Jarrett, a couple of the guys in the top ten. Here's Tony Stewart flashing by, not coming in this time, although Dale Jarrett does. Jeremy Mayfield too fast coming onto the pit lane. He was penalized 15 seconds for that. Dale Jarrett gives up his position on the racetrack. He was running in the eighth spot. Elliott Sadler also coming down, giving up the 23rd position to make his stop. It's Follow DJ. And DJ's crew going to work on the right side of the car. They get it pumped up. Barry Muse does on the right side. Mike Trower putting that right front tire on. Now they wheel around to the left side of the automobile. Four tires, 76 gasoline. A routine stop for Dale Jarrett. Tony Stewart across the line and yet does not come in. And the caution flag is coming onto the speedway. Caution is out. And this is going to change the complexion of this race in a hurry. We don't see exactly a reason. Checking the corners real quick. Didn't see anybody get in trouble, Mike? No, Barney, everything looks clean and green down here. Must be a debris call on the racetrack that NASCAR spotters have found. The caution flag does come out here on lap number 208. And all of a sudden, this really changes things completely. 59 laps to go in the race. They could have made it the rest of the way after these stops. And what's really important here, the fact that Tony Stewart stayed out and waited. And it played into his favor. So suddenly, a whole new set of circumstances here. And it plays in the favor of Tony Stewart, who's been the man all afternoon. Field forming up for a double file restart as they work their way up into turns three and four. There will be 49 laps to settle it here. The Pennzoil 400 at Homestead this afternoon. Pace car coming off the banking up in turn number four, getting in behind the pit wall. Ricky Rudd and Tony Stewart, Jimmy Spencer, Mark Martin, and Bobby Labonte ready to get down to it to see who will win here this afternoon. Green flag is in the air. Dale Earnhardt is the first car a lap down to the inside as they work their way back into turn one. Here they come back to the corner. Ricky Rudd has Dale Earnhardt to his inside. Earnhardt slides up the racetrack and takes Ricky Rudd with him. Here comes Tony Stewart. Three wide to the inside off turn two. Here's Stewart to the inside of Ricky Rudd. They drag race all the way down the back straightaway. Rudd to the outside. Stewart holds the line down low and goes to the lead. Tony Stewart shows the way. He's got the inside lane covered, but Rudd is still trying up high. Into turn number four. He gives it up, falls back in line, and Tony Stewart retakes the lead coming down to the line with now 49 laps to go. Ricky is still there, though, right up on the bumper of Tony Stewart in turn one. Race for the lead is nose to tail. Tony Stewart's car glued down to the inside of the racetrack. Ricky Run in his tire tracks. All the while, Jimmy Spencer in third. Trying to clear the Dale Earnhardt lap car off turn two. Looked like Spencer was going to start a run to the inside of Earnhardt, but then he got back in line. Meanwhile, race leader Tony Stewart is in turn four. 
Tony Stewart away from Ricky Rudd. Maybe three car lengths as they work their way up through three and four and back into the front straightaway. Ricky still has plenty of time. He doesn't need to overdrive that car, burn the tires down on it, take himself out of maybe a chance to do a win here this afternoon. Good race right now between Jimmy Spencer and Mark Martin in turn one. Martin opens up the inside lane coming into turn one. He'll swing underneath Spencer and take the spot. Spencer now sliding up the racetrack, opens the inside lane for some lap cars. But now Spencer gets back in line on the back stretch. Spencer falls back into fourth. Mark Martin moving up into third. All that traffic straightening out single file, working off the end of the back stretch. Here they come now, working back into turn number four. Tony Stewart's lead, about five car lengths over Ricky Rudd. Then the lap car of Dale Earnhardt. Before you get to third place car of Jimmy Spencer, he's losing some ground here from the race leaders. The leaders work their way into the corner, both right down at the bottom of the track in turn one. Watching Mark Martin now, who runs third. He's got to get by Dale Earnhardt so he can get up there and fight with the top two. Martin hanging the left side tires on the apron goes to Earnhardt's inside on the back stretch. They are door to door moving down the back straightaway. Here's Martin to the inside of Earnhardt trying to get by that lap machine and he completes the pass in the corner. Mark Martin getting awfully strong as the laps wind down here at Homestead this afternoon. He has just taken over third place. He has cut his deficit down on the leader right now by a full half second in the last three laps around. Across the start finish line he tries to chase down Ricky Rudd for second in turn one. He's got about a second to make up before he can get up there with Ricky Rudd. Rudd's got some ground to make up. He's got about 10 car lengths to catch up with race leader Tony Stewart. And now Stewart is trying to get up there and fight and put Mayfield a lot down. We have caution. Caution is displayed once again. There is debris that has been spotted on the front straightaway. The caution flag will come out here on lap 222. So as Tony Stewart has been beginning to build that lead once again over Ricky Rudd, the caution comes out, bunches them up yet again. Jeremy Mayfield gets back one of the laps that he was down. As we wind down this 2000 season, we are going back to green. Here comes Ricky Rudd and Tony Stewart leading the field across the line. Stewart shows the way up into turn number one with Mark Martin, Bobby Labonte, and Jimmy Spencer right behind. Tony Stewart clearing the lap traffic. Jeff Gordon down on the inside there. Now Ricky Rudd will try to do the same. Had a fender up alongside Gordon there for just a second. But now Gordon will keep Rudd to turn two and Rudd's going to fall back in line single file. In fact, Rudd will not have an opportunity to get by Gordon's car this time on the backstretch. They're going to stay single file all the way back to turn four. Tony Stewart leads him up into three and four, makes that car stick at the bottom of the racetrack just like he has all day long and about to lead him back to the start-finish line. There will be 40 laps remaining. Tony has pulled away from Ricky Rudd now by maybe 10 or 12 car lengths. Mark Martin surprisingly getting very strong as the race was winding down a moment ago. He still is up there in third. He may catch Ricky Rudd for second. Yeah, he's closing in, Barney. Car glued right down to the bottom of the racetrack. He's making up some ground. Matter of fact, he's about a half a car length away from Ricky Rudd, halfway down the back straightaway. A couple of Fords about to battle for the second position. Here's Rudd setting up for turn number three. Mark Martin just a car length off his back bumper. Rudd's car pushes up a little bit, going through turns three and four. Gives Mark Martin a bit of an advantage. He closes in. is now right up on the bumper of Ricky Rudd coming down to the line. This is the race for the second spot. Some ten car links behind race leader Tony Stewart. Mark Martin in third, right in the tire tracks of Ricky Rudd, who rides second. Rudd has the lap car of Jeff Gordon between himself and Tony Stewart. Here's the challenge for second. Mark Martin all the way down on the apron, trying to take the second spot away, but it won't work off turn two. 
two. A couple of times on the backstretch, Martin starts a move about a half lane to the inside of Ricky Rudd, but yet to make the pass for second. Mark Martin has backed off just a little bit, a couple of car lengths behind as they settle down up at the front five right now. Tony Stewart continues to lead. Ricky Rudd second. Mark Martin within striking distance, just a car length back of Ricky Rudd. Then back in fourth place is Bobby Labonte and Jeremy Mayfield rides fifth. They go back to one. Watching that battle for second. Ricky Rudd's car sliding up the racetrack. Here's Mark Martin squeezing down low. Bobbles just a tad. Almost collects Ricky Rudd. They almost make contact as Rudd slides wide. Here comes Martin to the inside. Off two. Martin to the inside. Rudd to the outside lane coming off the end of the backstretch. Martin down low starts to forge ahead to take over the second spot. Mark Martin squeezes down to the inside, gets the spot. Rudd gives him a little bump. Now here comes Ricky diving underneath to regain the second position. It is getting physical in the closing laps here of the Pennzoil 400. Ricky Rudd regains the spot. Now Bobby Labonte closes in on Mark Martin. Here comes Bobby Labonte. He's got a lap car now between himself and Martin. That's Joe Nemechek. Nemechek's car right between Labonte and Martin. Glued down low. And Mayfield, a lap car all over Bobby Labonte's rear flank as they straighten out single file on the back stretch. Bondi back in the fourth position, now swings down low, trying to get by some of the lap traffic coming back into the corner, but unable to get by Mayfield. While all that scrambling was going on for second place between Ricky Rudd and Mark Martin and Bobby Labonte back there, Tony Stewart has checked out on the field. Tony is two and a half seconds ahead of everybody. 35 laps remaining here at Homestead this afternoon. The scramble has been for second place. Apparently, Ricky Rudd might have felt like that Mark might have squeezed him a little bit off turn number two over there a moment ago. They made contact again up in three and four. Right now, Rudd hangs on to second. Mark has dropped back two or three car lengths as they go back over to turn two. For now, cooler heads will prevail. Everyone falling in single file. Martin falling back off of Ricky Rudd's back buffer by about a car length. Although Martin taking a different line to the corner, gluing his car right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Still in hot pursuit of Ricky Rudd. One other driver in the top five. We talked about Bobby Labonte a couple of laps ago. Still in the top five, but nowhere near Jeremy Mayfield. And it's not long ago he was putting pressure on him. Yeah, Mayfield got his lap back. Remember, he was out in front of Tony Stewart when that caution came out because of the debris. Now he's in the fourth position and wants to be a player in this thing as well. He's about a second off the rear deck of Mark Martin as they race back to turn one. Ricky Rudd solidly in second, although Mark Martin filling his rearview mirror. Martin's car glued down to the bottom, totally on the apron in turn two. It gets him an advantage as he peeks to the inside to try to take second away on the backstretch. Here comes Mark Martin again, rushing up behind Ricky Rudd at the end of the back straightaway. but for now, he will simply have to follow Rudd through the corner. 32 laps to go here at Homestead. Tony Stewart leads by a full three and four-tenths seconds. That's a big distance, almost a little better than a half a straightaway over the rest of the field. Mark Martin going after second place one more time at the line, door to door. He and Ricky Rudd go at it in one. Martin opens the inside lane, flashing by Ricky Rudd. He will pick up the second spot, and now Rudd trying to squeeze back down to the inside, trying to take the spot away. Off turn two, Martin has the spot, but Ricky Rudd is there. Rudd thought about a move to the inside. That didn't work. Now he flares out wide at the midpoint of the backstretch. That's not going to do either. Martin fends him off for now. They race side by side for maybe half the length of the back straightaway, and suddenly Jeremy Mayfield has called him. So now second, third, and fourth in contention. Here's Mayfield pulling to the inside of Ricky Rudd for third, trying to pick up that spot as Tony Stewart has built up his lead now to a full three seconds. 
Tony Stewart continues building on that lead over second place. Jeremy Mayfield, just 12 laps to go in the Pennzoil 400 here this afternoon. Mayfield has done everything he can to try to chase him down, but just can't seem to make up any ground. Mark Martin rides third. Ricky Rudd is fourth. And fifth is Bobby Labonte. Jimmy Spencer runs in the sixth spot. Only six cars are on the lead lap. Now coming up on 11 laps to go. Tony Stewart across the line, catches a couple of lap cars, gets around one. Michael Waltrip and heads over to turn two. Here he comes back to the corner, Barney. Down to the inside. His car hasn't wavered all day. Hugging the inside line. Now closing in on the lap car of Bobby Hamilton Jr. on the backstretch. We'll see how soon the race leader, Tony Stewart, will catch him. Coming off the end of the backstretch, here's Stewart now closing up quickly behind Hamilton Jr. in the corner. Mayfield has cut down a little bit of the uh, separation between the front two, but I don't think it has anything to do with what Mayfield's doing. More so what Tony Stewart is doing. Again, he's just got it on cruise control. It was six and a half seconds. Now it's cut down to 5.9 seconds, if that means anything to you. Leaders work their way back to turn one. Tony Stewart now puts a lap on Bobby Hamilton Jr. off the end of the front straightaway. After clearing Hamilton Jr.'s machine, his car still glued down to the bottom, swings wide up off turn two, and heads his way down the back chute. Absolutely a jaw-dropping performance by Tony Stewart this afternoon. Here he comes now, back into the corner, as he again will race off the corner in turn four. Tony just catches a car, just goes right on by, and if he runs up in some traffic, he hesitates just a moment, assuming there's they're running too wide or whatever, but when he needs to go, he's been able to put that car to the bottom of the racetrack. He's also been able to go around on the outside and pass, which is very difficult to do here at Homestead. There are nine laps remaining in the event to settle the Pennzoil 500 this afternoon. We see the big crowds gathering down around Victory Lane, and Bobby Labonte is about to celebrate the 2,000-year Winston Cup championship. What a year he has had. He currently rides in fifth position. As the laps wind down, there will be eight to go when they get back. Let's talk about a couple of uh, performances here this afternoon. Here are the closing laps. Guys that have done a great job. Casey Atwood making only his third ever NASCAR Winston Cup start. In line to make it his best finish. He's running tenth right now. Dave Blaney, who finished eighth last week at Phoenix International Raceway, has shown ninth right now. So real close to uh, what he did last week. So two weeks in a row. Great runs for him. Also, Brett Bodine. This would be his best finish of the year running 14th here in the closing laps of the race. Kurt Busch, who of course will be one of the rookies going into next season, running 19th in the closing laps of the race. So a couple of guys uh, really making themselves look pretty good here the second last race of the year. And a lot of drivers, in case you joined our broadcast a little bit late and wondering who might be out of the event, Darrell Walter parked it at lap 94. John Andretti went out a little bit earlier than he did. John will finish 37th. Stacy Compton has been in and out of the garage. He has completed only 58 laps of the event. Looks like he's going to run 38th. Ward Burton will be finishing 39th. Ward has parked his car due to an accident. Mike Bliss, Jeffrey Bodine, Andy Houston, and Scott Pruitt. All those cars behind the walls. Seven to go. Here goes the leader now off turn number two. Tony Stewart hits the back straight away. Just as he gets about halfway down the length of the back stretch, here comes Jeremy Mayfield exiting turn number two. Separation now just over four seconds among the front two. Tony Stewart makes a good run through the corner. Car starting to wash up a little bit. Just probably not pushing it, not trying to heat those tires up any more than he has to in the closing laps of the race. He's across the line. There are six to go. Here comes Mayfield now crossing the line. The separation as they finish this lap is now still 4.4 seconds. They're in turn one. Tony Stewart comes back to the corner. That is him coming by me in turn number two, waiting for Jeremy Mayfield to come by as well. And that is Jeremy Mayfield. That's the distance of the lead now as Tony Stewart heads to three. 
this time Stewart not all alone on the racetrack, only because he's got the lap car of Ken Schrader straight ahead. A little better than a half a straightaway lead for the leader right now, Tony Stewart, as he continues to move away from Jeremy Mayfield. Mark Martin hangs onto that third spot. Here comes Tony Stewart back down to the line. Five laps to go for Tony. Traffic not going to be much of a factor for him in the final laps as he goes over to turn two. That's a clear racetrack. He's just put a lap on Ken Schrader, so now there are three lap cars between Tony Stewart and Jeremy Mayfield. Although now here's Mayfield on the move, trying to bypass Michael Waltrip. He'll be successful in doing that off of turn two and onto the back stretch. Keeping an eye on the race leader, Tony Stewart, in the same old effortless fashion, he works his way back through turn number four. Bad luck continues to plague Ricky Rudd. He just lost the fourth position, is falling back quickly when he passed us here at the start-finish line on the last lap. The engine sounded sour. Something may be wrong with Ricky Rudd's Texaco Haviland Ford. As follow him now as he comes up off turn four, back to the start-finish line. Bobby the body flew by him. Indeed, Ricky is pulling over, dropping to the inside, even letting the lap traffic pass him. Let's check down with Jim Phillips and see if there's a report. Indeed, that's the problem. Uh, the engine gone sour on Ricky Rudd. He's just going to try to nurse it home, and Michael McSwain looks down, and all he can do is shake his head. And Jimmy Spencer is closing in on Ricky Rudd over in the back stretch. He's going to take another spot away from him. Ricky currently is riding in fifth. Let's see what happens over there in turn three. They go door to door, but only for a moment, although Spencer is going to wash wide and leave room for Rudd down low. Rudd plugs it back down to the inside lane, pulls back out in front, at least momentarily, once they hit the front straightaway. Here's Spencer pouring on the steam. Ricky just pulls over, lets him flash on by. So Ricky Rudd's bad luck continues. Even if he had kept the top spot, this may have happened. And once it, maybe it doesn't hurt quite as bad when when the car breaks a little closer uh, in a situation where you don't have a chance to win uh, in comparison to the way it has earlier this year when he had the, uh, the caution flag late in the race at Charlotte and then the crash last week at Phoenix. Absolutely unreal. The luck that Ricky Rudd has had in the year and, and whether you believe in luck or whether you don't, you almost have to attribute it to that. Ricky Rudd just has been so close to winning all season long as we said a little bit ago. He has had 12 top five finishes. He's run second a couple of times, but he just can't seem to get that win. Here's Ricky across the line. Works his way back into turn number one while Tony Stewart, the leader, is in the middle of the backstretch. Here comes Stewart now again racing back into turn number three. Pretty much by himself here. Plenty of open racetrack ahead of him as he moves off the corner. Tony Stewart about to come off turn number four, looking for the white flag with one lap to settle the Pennzoil 500. He has had an absolute unreal day as far as the way that car has worked. White flag for Tony. No traffic ahead that he's going to catch before he gets back to the checkered flag as he goes over to turn two. Final time, he comes back into turn one. Car glued down to the bottom of the racetrack. Capping an incredible performance here this afternoon is Tony Stewart swinging wide over down the back straight away. A championship season for Bobby Labonte, but a sensational afternoon for Tony Stewart, who for the final time comes off the end of the back stretch and heads for turn four. What kind of statement does this make for Joe Gibbs Racing? His driver, one of his drivers, is going to win the race. The other is going to win the NASCAR Winston Cup championship. Here comes Tony Stewart off the line. It'll be his sixth NASCAR Winston Cup win of the year as he scores the victory, crossing the start-finish line in the Pennzoil 400. Jeremy Mayfield comes in second. Mark Martin is third. Bobby Labonte fourth. Jimmy Spencer comes in fifth. Ricky Rudd falls in line in the sixth spot. Seventh is Jeff Gordon. Steve Park is eighth. Dave Blaney ninth. And Casey Atwood tenth. First, let's hear from the championship. Crew. Here's Winston Kelly. Well, Jim Phillips is down with let's get the Joe Jimmy. Gibbs team and uh, Jimmy Maycar. Well, let's get Jimmy Maycar down here. 
Jimmy, you put a lot of years in this thing. <laughs> now you're a champion. Congratulations. Thank you. I, tell you, I really appreciate it. it uh, yeah, these guys worked for a long time here at Joe Gibbs Racing to, uh, to try to accomplish this. Nine years we've been, been trying to ke- make this goal happen. And uh, I can't say enough about this team and Joe Gibbs and Bobby Labonte. Uh, you know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a great team effort. I mean, the Lord blessed us with great talent on this team. And, uh, and uh, he also blessed us with all the, uh, the circumstances to come, come around like they did this year to, for, the, for this to happen. Did the last year's great runs all year long give you the, the, the what you thought could be a championship this year? Yeah, yeah you know, last year we had, I think we had all the makings of it. We just had too many uh, the DNFs and, and problem races. You know, we had the we had the uh, capability of, of, of doing it. We just uh, fell short. And this year we were able to put it together with, with less bad finishes, and uh, I think that was the key. Enjoy it. I certainly will. Thank you a lot, Jim. Jimmy Makar, the champion crew chief. And uh, this team is down here celebrating, and well, they should. It's been a phenomenal year for them. When you look at the top fives, the top tens, plus the wins this team has scored this year. Bobby Levante and Tony Stewart ride door-to-door here after the checkered flag came down. Congratulations to both as they work their way around the racetrack, and we'll be hearing from them. Unofficially in the point standings, Jeff Burton will take over the second spot. Earnhardt falls to third. It's Dale Jarrett in fourth, and Tony Stewart wraps up the fifth position, at least for now, in the NASCAR Winston Cup points. Let's go down to victory lane. Well, the prognosticators were right, Tony Stewart. You went from 13th to the lead early on, and it was strong all day long. Hey, I tell you what, we had a car that was just bad fast. You know, we got a... I thank the Lord. I mean, he, he kept us safe all day, and there were a couple times when we should have we should have lost it with the... You know, a couple lap cars, but, uh, you know, just a great day for everyone at Joe Gibbs Racing. And, uh, you know, for Bobby to win the championship, we couldn't be prouder of him. And, uh, you know, to get a win for Home Depot and Kaboom and, and uh, you know, Toys R Us and all the people that were part of this special paint scheme this week, it's just really a special weekend for us. It was a close call there on pit road when you had to hold up for rig mass. Were you worried at that time that you lost a little bit of ground on the racetrack? Oh, I knew I lost some ground. Uh, you know, at that point in the race, I was getting sick. I was getting really hot in the car, and, uh, you know, they, they put some ice on me and got probably a pound and a half of ice in my suit and on my lap, and uh, I was worried about it burning me later, but it was so hot it evaporated real quick. So, uh, you know, that got us back going, and, you know, we just went out, and I told them, I go, with the ground I lost, I promise you I'll make it up, and uh, we're just glad we had a car that would do it. I mean, this yeah. thing was awesome all day long, and, we just kept making small adjustments, and, uh, you know, here we are. How about the pass for the win? It looked relatively easy coming off of turn two. Well, I mean, I feel bad for Ricky again because, uh, you know, he had a little help getting kind of moved up out of the groove by a lap car. But, uh, you know, he was he still did a great job. And, uh, you know, I don't know what happened to him there at the end. I know the 12 car was really quick. But uh, he he made, he made kept us honest all day. I mean, Ricky did a great job. And I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm proud of him and his team. And those guys are going to be championship contenders themselves next year. And another team that will be a championship contender is this team here. They won six times already this year. A homestead tradition begins. Tony Stewart in victory lane and a champion crowned. Let's talk to the champion for the 2000 season, Jim Phillips with Bobby Labonte. Well, he's getting congratulations from his crew right now. I just got congratulations from uh, his crew chief, Jimmy Makar. Congratulations, champ. How's that sound? It sounds great. Uh, I tell you what, um, it's uh, just an awesome feeling. Uh, you know, yesterday we weren't running that good, and I... Yeah, you know, I just kind of hoped and prayed last night that we'd uh, be able to get it right, and we worked pretty hard, Jimmy and I did, on the setup this morning. And uh, we went back to a lot of old old things we went to last year, and, uh, you know, we weren't as good as Tony. And, uh, congratulations to those guys. They had an awesome day today. But, uh, you know, we, we were stood tough and uh, stood tall there for throughout most of the day, uh, you know, fought a little bit, but um, that's what it's all about. And uh, these guys on the Interstate Pontiac team were great. Uh, all the guys back at the shop, I mean, just awesome. Uh, great, uh, great team effort. And uh, between the 20 car and 18 car, that's what it's all about. 
Starting out of the first of the year, you put it in position to be a championship team, and that's where it stayed all year. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we just had a great, uh, a great year, a great run. Uh, pretty neat to, to beat the guys that we beat. Uh, you know, Dale and Jeff and Dale uh, and Jeff, all them guys. Uh, you know, we just uh, it was just awesome. Uh, you know, can't really believe it. Uh, you know, was hoping it was going to happen, but you never know till it's over. Let's talk about a couple of key races. I thought one of those was Darlington in the rain. And uh, you were not thought to, to win that race. You come out and you win that race when a lot of things happened that maybe you should have won that race. Yeah, I know. That was one key race. And, uh, you know, we worked hard uh, that weekend. We come back from a, a big wreck on, pit, on the racetrack there and, uh, you know, came back to uh, more of the fastest car. But we won that race. And, uh, you know, the great team effort to get out of the pits first and all that stuff. But let me tell you one even better than that. Greenville Pickens testing. Go ask Darrell Walter. We were up there testing one day. And I wrecked the car up there testing. And instead of going home, we fixed it and we finished testing. Daryl said, you know, it'd take a lot of hard, I mean, it's a lot of hard work to go fix that car. We could easily left. So that's what it's all about, teamwork like that. Your brother's won two championships. How much did he mean to you this year, talking to him about what it takes to win one of these things? Well, I mean, uh, you know, just watching him and going through it with him is a, is a big deal. And uh, we were able to, I was able to see that. And uh, that's what's, uh, you know, I'm sure helped out a lot. And, you know, just uh, watching it. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot, but, uh, you know, we keep to ourselves a lot too, so. I'm still one behind. <laughs> How about next week? Is it just going to be a luxury ride for you? No, I, I told him, I said, now we can get back to racing. <laughs> Congratulations again. All right, thank you. Bobby Labonte, the 2000 Winston Cup champion. He will make a very good champion. Very happy down there. Two big celebrations going on. One in victory lane for Tony Stewart. One on the front straightaway for the series champion, Bobby Labonte. A couple of post-race awards. A Gatorade frontrunner award of $10,000 goes to Tony Stewart. And it's time for Barney and me to select the winner of the Ray Bestus Break of the Race Award. We'll award $500 to the Motor Racing Outreach Children's Ministries from Ray Bestus Breaks in the name of the driver who received the best break. What do you think? Well, Jeremy Mayfield got a lap down and uh, overcame it, came back to finish second, and maybe had a shot to win there. You can't get a much better break than that. We'll go with Jeremy. Sounds like a good one. Ray Bestus Breaks, the official breaks of NASCAR, awarding $500 in the name of Jeremy Mayfield to the Motor Racing Outreach Children's Ministries. Take a look at the rundown. Tony Stewart will win. Jeremy Mayfield finishes second. Mark Martin ran third. Bobby Labonte was fourth. Jimmy Spencer fifth. Sixth will go to Ricky Rudd. Seventh to Jeff Gordon. Steve Park finished eighth. Dave Blaney was ninth. Casey Atwood was tenth. Eleventh will go to Jeff Burton. Jerry Nadeau finished twelfth. Thirteenth to Dale Earnhardt Jr. Fourteenth to Brett Bodine. Rusty Wallace ran fifteenth. Robert Presley finished 16th, Dale Jarrett 17th, Joe Nemechek ran 18th, Kurt Busch finished 19th. 20th will go to Dale Earnhardt. Matt Kenseth will finish 21st, 22nd to Bill Elliott, 23rd to Mike Skinner, 24th to Kenny Wallace, and 25th to Terry Labonte. 26th was Sterling Marlin. Kevin LePage came in with a 27th place run. 28th was Elliott Sadler, 29th Rick Mast, and 30th was Johnny Benson. 31st today, Bobby Hamilton. Ken Schrader was 32nd. Bobby Hamilton Jr. was 33rd. 34th was Michael Waltrip, 35th, Wally Dallenbach. 36th was Daryl Waltrip. John Andretti was 37th. Stacey Compton, 38th. 39th was Ward Burton. 40th was Mike Bliss. 41st was Jeffrey Bodine. 42nd was Andy Houston. And 43rd was Scott Pruitt.
Pruitt. Tony Stewart took the lead for the last time on lap 219. He led four times today for a total of 167 laps. We had 15 lead changes among seven different drivers, four cautions for a total of 30 laps. At the end of the race, 35 cars were running with six of those on the lead lap. Four and a half seconds. That was the margin of victory for Tony Stewart, his sixth win of the year. Cherie Sprangler helped us today on our scoring loop, the voices you heard on our broadcast, and we thank those guys as well for being part of MRN throughout the course of the year. Kurt Becker and Mike Bagley out on the corners, Jason Toy, Winston Kelly, and Jim Phillips patrolling the pit lane. For Barney Hall, I'm Joe Moore. So long from South Florida. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.